Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Word Balloon, the comic book conversation show. John Suntress here. Man, it's been forever, but it's finally time for a Bendis Tapes. Uh, you know, we did record something in March, and uh, Brian's like, ah, you know something, let me listen to it. I may have said something I shouldn't have, and I never heard back from him for months. And it's okay. He's like, I can't, I, I got, I'm sorry, I'm busy. Send it to me again. So finally, Labor Day weekend, I'm like, hey, can we talk? He's like, yeah. So we did a great, uh, you know, almost three-hour conversation. You're going to hear it now. And I said, hey, what about that March thing? He said, oh, yeah, you can release it. Well, so in a couple weeks, we'll, we will release that conversation from March. But, you know, at that time, uh, Brian was excited because uh, Season 2 of Powers was just a few weeks away. And uh, other great things were happening. Then the summer came, and unfortunately, Sony decided that two seasons was enough for Powers for now. We talk about that in the interview. And good news, uh, Scarlet is in development over at Cinemax, and we've got details on that. And Brian gets reflective of uh, the good experience of Powers, and then had some really interesting experiences uh, in the spring and summer, like uh, going to the CIA and uh, speaking in front of the CIA. He talks about that. Uh, in the meantime, Jessica Jones, the Netflix show, won a Peabody Award, and Brian is one of the executive producers, so he uh, was asked to go and talks about the experience of the Peabody Awards, an incredibly prestigious uh, broadcasting award. And uh, I, I think, you know, especially coming right off the Emmys uh, this past weekend, uh, interesting to contrast uh, the very difference. And, and you know, this was this is a, an award for what people think of as important television. So uh, pretty interesting stuff. So we talk about those things. Of course, we talk about the comics. Civil War 5 is out uh, today, Wednesday, as I'm releasing this episode. And uh, Brian uh, talks a bit about uh, the uh, issues leading up to Civil War uh, 5, uh, you know, 1 through 4. We also talk about Riri Williams and a bit of the controversy behind Riri Williams. We talk a little bit about, uh, you know, certainly the outrage of the cancellation of Nighthawk. And uh, Brian has an answer uh, for that, and that is to pre-order. But we discuss that, and uh, I'm trying to think of anything else uh, that you know, uh, you know, our usual pop culture nonsense. So you know, we just keep going. But uh, it was a great conversation, and I'm happy to bring it to you today on Word Balloon. It's brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. Thank you very much, League, for your support. I'm getting ready to go to New York Comic Con, and uh, you're one of the reasons why it's a little bit easier to get there and, uh, you know, make new connections and continue to bring you uh, new conversations here at Word Balloon with uh, first-timers that uh, have never been on Word Balloon before. So uh, thank you very much. If you want to help uh, subscribe to Word Balloon, uh, it's not necessary. Word Balloon is free. It will always be free. But if you want to help the cause out, you know, uh, think about it, uh, especially this month. I've got at least uh, 10 episodes, I think, coming to you this month, and uh, it's well over 10 hours of uh, comic book entertainment. Think about that compared to when you spend $4 on a comic that only takes about 15 minutes to read. So uh, if you want to help the cause, if you can spare you know, the price of a comic book, if you, you can even spare a dollar a month. Uh, that would be great. You can go to wordballoon.com. Uh, you can click on the Patreon uh, ad that's there on the front page. It will take you to my Patreon page and videos explaining why... Uh, you know, I, I feel like, you know, uh, subscribers are helping me with uh, updating equipment and uh, helping me on my uh, on my journeys to conventions to uh, network and, and bring you new content and, and different people here at Word Balloon. So as always, truly, thank you very much, League of Word Balloon listeners. You're uh, you're awesome. And uh, new people every week uh, are joining up. And I really do appreciate it. It does make it easier to produce this show. Thank you very much for your support. 
Word Balloon is also brought to you by InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com. And there are some neat collections that are waiting for you at InStock Trades. Things like the Supergirl Adventures of Supergirl Tradeback. And uh, that's uh, from Sterling Gates and Bengal, the artist. Uh, this was the digital uh, book that uh, now is uh, collected. And uh, are we getting how many ep- how many issues here? doesn't say. How many pages? 144 pages. Pretty cool. 42% off. It's just $9.85. And you know Sterling is really one of the more exceptional Supergirl writers of uh, the past decade or so. How about Velvet, Volume 3, The Man Who Stole the World? Great series from Ed Brubaker and Steve Epting, a tremendous spy series. You know, God, uh, every volume is great, but now Volume 3, brand new out there, 42% off, $8.69. I'm actually talking to you on New Comic Book Day. So some of this stuff is is, uh, available now and certainly at an even better price from InStockTrades.com. You can get the absolute Why the Last Man hardcover Volume 2 from D.C. These are big, giant, amazing collections. 50% off Volume 2. It's just $62.50. You can also get Scalped Hardcover Book 5, the Deluxe Edition from Jason Aaron and R.M. Guerra. That is 42% off, $17.39. Just a few of the great books that are waiting for you at InStockTrades.com. We'll talk about more of them at the end of the show, but uh, do yourself a favor. Go over there now and get some amazing books at great prices. InStockTrades.com. All right, without further ado, because it's been so goddamn long, Let's uh, join our new conversation with Brian Bendis. It's the Bendis Tapes, now on Word Balloon. All right, he's back. It's, uh, it's been a long time, uh, and it's okay because, you know, we all get busy. It's all right, but it's, uh, it's a pleasure to welcome back uh, Brian Michael Bendis For, to Word Balloon. Thank you, darling. Four children seems to have been the uh, level <laughs> of which making this a regular podcast made it uh, crazy. Anyway, but we're here. It's good to talk to you. The good news is that in, in the interim – in the, since we've last spoken, uh, I'll, I, I have stories. I have stuff to tell you. So, no kidding. I know. You, your texts have uh, impressed me in terms of your adventures. Yes. So, uh, um, you, well, you, stuff, you introduced stuff the that topic. I May I say, I specifically saved for this podcast, and that is the truth. Thanks, and man. I, 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 I kept it to myself. So, no, I appreciate uh, it. So tell me, uh, tell me of your adventures. No, I got nothing. <laughs> uh, well, the one, the one I, I, I posted about online – a couple of months ago, but um, I had the really unique experience and of of speaking at Langley uh, uh, as part of a diversity program. Yes, I know white guy spoke at the diversity program. Screw you! And um, uh, but I was in, I was invited to to speak there, and everything surrounding it and the experience itself was quite uh, amazing. Uh, Langley being the CIA, in case anyone yes, doesn't know. Yes, the headquarters of the Central Intelligence Agency. Yes, I um, um, uh, I do know someone there. I'm going to have to keep it at that level of vaguety. Um, uh, I, I do know someone. Someone I know grew up with someone there. And um, when they, uh, when the higher-ups found out about our, our connection, um, they were told that they were putting together a diversity uh, speaking uh, uh, series, and that my name was on the list. And they went, oh, great, you know him. Let's talk to him. Fantastic. And, and yeah, it was one of those weird things. Like, um, And um, and so we were vetted. Uh, it actually was very similar to the vetting we went through for adoption. Um, so we, we were vetted, and it was very interesting. And 
Uh, I went out there uh, myself the first time to meet with them and and talk with them. Uh, it was one of those, and this happens quite frequently where people are being overly grateful that I'm, I took the time and I'm sitting there going, I just spent the afternoon at Langley. You don't have to thank me. The writer in me is thrilled to bits. They gave me the trainee tour. Um, it, wow. Yeah, it, it, well, what, what, what's, what's really crazy, and I'm going to say this, I've kept this to myself, but now I know from people in Hollywood that I'm not alone in this, in this so I'll, I'll tell you. So you go through an insane amount of vetting uh, and security clearances. Mm -hmm. uh, and you do get proud of yourself that you cleared it, you know. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, cause you, you do think like in your head, you're sitting there going, well, you know, I'm, I've, I've never been arrested and I, I've never done anything wrong. or said anything crazy online, but, um, I wonder if I've written anything crazy, you know what I mean? Like, uh, or perceived as crazy. Sure. Yeah. Here it says Norman Osborne wants to overthrow the government. Is that, you know, I thought something. <laughs> so, uh, it didn't. And then, and then I went on the first, the first time I went there. Uh, and it's cool. You drive down a, you know, a hidden path and there's snipers in the woods and wow. all over the place. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, you're like, it's crazy. And then you get in and, um, you're not allowed to bring your, um, computer or your iWatch or your phone. You're not allowed to have any electronics on you. Um, if you want to find out what time it is, there's a room to go to that has a clock in it. And I'm not, I'm not joking. And I believe but it's such an insane amount of security, uh, like literally like four times the airport, right? And then you get through <laughs> it. And in comparison, I, I don't know how else to say it. It's it's like that, but more. And and then you go down the hall and turn the corner, and the first thing you see is a Starbucks. And <laughs> they have a little bit of a they have a food court. We all get thirsty. Yeah, right? I know. And I found out it's the highest grossing Starbucks in the world. Because no one leaves the building. Shot it's so hard right to now. get through the building that no, you, they just stay there, you know. So they just sure. Starbucks all day. Well, that makes sense. Okay. And yeah. I became obsessed with that someone has a security clearance to serve coffee, and That's true. and there's other <laughs> restaurants there as well. And then the second time I came back, there was a sign that says "Coming soon, Five Guys." <laughs> And I'm like, um, and I was just last week, I was in a meeting at, at Cinemax and HBO for Scarlet, and I had mentioned this, uh, uh, and I said, I'm obsessed with, there's there's a TV show in this. this well, at least an episode, sure. I go, there, there's, awesome. there's either a, a comedy or a drama, and then <laughs> the person in charge said, uh, we have heard the pitch of the CIA food court like eight times. I'm like, all right, I'm not, okay. <laughs> that's awesome. like every writer that's that goes great. there goes this is a show anyway sure so everybody really from homeland is already the show. <laughs> he's the most dangerous barista starbucks ever had he's vetted and also licensed to kill yeah it's a secret anyway so um uh the other funny thing that happened so so what was great was i got this incredible tour like not just just an incredible tour hilariously I don't have my phone. I don't have anything on me. All I had on me were comic books and a couple of Sharpies because I knew I was bringing some comic books to the meeting, right? And I, which, which comic books? Well, I brought, you, you know, the, the, the ones that, you know, Miles Morales and Jessica Jones, the ones I knew yeah, diversity ones. were speaking to what I, – I knew what we were talking about, right? So I, Any Riri? Uh, it was, this is uh, just pre-Riri. Riri was announced – two weeks before I actually did the speech. This is before okay. she was announced. And um, 
Um, so I, I literally wrote on the covers of like four copies of Jessica Jones, like just everything they're telling me about the history of assassination, the history of this and that. And I'm just scribbling and scribbling and scribbling all over David Mack paintings. It was just very surreal. And then finally they took me to the supply store and I bought a notebooks and filled them, filled them. I'm, I'm good to go. And if everyone will now see an inordinate amount of shield agent activity in my comics over the next few months, I, I know I'm aware. Even like uh, Tom Reaper actually laughed at me. Like everybody's a shield agent now. And I just, got, well, I couldn't get out of my system. It's it fits with what's going on in uh, international Iron Man, isn't that where uh, it, it, Tony's mom is right now yes, and everything? And 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 having already started down that road uh, and then being fed all of this was wonderful. You know what I mean? You feel, fantastic. You do. You feel like oh, I've been given everything I need to do the thing that I wanted to do. You know. Excellent. So um, uh, it was just a very great day, full with observances. I got to eat in the fancy place where they eat. And um, right across from the director's office and had wonderful conversations about uh, diversity and culture. And um, they, they found themselves wrestling with the same issues that uh, Marvel and other people have wrestled with, which is um, we want to open the doors and it's, it's long overdue. But you open the door and there's no one standing there. What are you supposed to do? You know what I mean? Like you, you open the door and go, okay. And then there's no one, you can't just, it was very interesting. Cause we literally the, the same week I was in New York having a very similar conversation at Marvel, which, which was about, you want so many different voices and then you open the door, say, come on in voices. And then the voices aren't there or they're not ready for this level, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you, and this goes for anybody. If you're hired to do your job before you're you've prepared for it, you can just fuck it up and go to the back of the line again. And we've seen this in comics a hundred times that that person wasn't ready. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, I do. Uh, and 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 boy, that would suck for everybody. That, that's the opposite of what you want to accomplish. And they and and but but um, um, conversations online aside. Um, people over there looked at what was going on at Marvel and what we were doing with our books and uh, the culture we were creating around them as being way ahead of the curve. And they wanted um, uh, me to come talk to everyone about that. And, um, you know, and and I was like, well, yes, I said, but I, I will, I will say I, if I was running this, I would not make it a speech. I would make it either a series of speeches or a panel. And I would make the panel uh, have Sana and David Walker and Kelly Sue. Like I would, I would fill it full of um, diversity of experience and perspective because that is what I've learned over the last couple of years, that it isn't diversity of skin color, it's diversity of perspective and experience. And um, mine is different from... David Walker's, who's different from Kelly's, who's different from Sana's, and everyone is succeeding following their own path, and and that is what should be talked about. Um, What ended up happening, um, and of course, I don't, their budget is their budget, so it's not up to me to how to spend their money, but they they did uh, listen to me halfway and um, invited Sana to come down. She was also on their list um, to come down. So me and Sana spoke on the same day. And um, together or individually, uh, kind of both, uh, okay. kind of, I started, she finished, we did Q and a together. 
Um, it was uh, for people who've heard us speak or did our TED Talks. It was uh, kind of our greatest hits package. <laughs> you know, it was like, here's how Miles was created. And here's how uh, Kamala was uh, created. And here's what they've done. And here's the experience. And it was uh, uh, among the, probably the coolest place I'll ever speak in my life. Because you're sitting there going from your days in independent comics and the dreams that I had. This is so far beyond anything like I go one day, the CIA will ask me to come speak. <laughs> you know, it's, Absolutely. it's nuts. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and so that, that was the other funny thing that happened the first time I was there was, so I was sitting at the Starbucks with, um, uh, the person that I know who was um, helping me navigate, um, the building and a person comes up to me, um, uh, and, and clearly one of us, right. And just oh. comes up and goes, are you Brian Bendis? And I go, yeah. And I'm telling you, John, I get made like once a month, like, you know, weird places. You know what I mean? It's always like, sure. you know, not, not at comic stores or conventions, but normal life situations. Right. Uh, you know, I look like 30% of Portland, you know, no, it's great. It's perfect. It's, you, 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 <laughs> you, you get made just enough to go, oh, look at that. You know what I mean? But but nothing, sure. you know, uh, I know famous people. This isn't, you know what I mean? It's it's way- Well, like Kelly Sue says, you're comic book comic famous. Comic book famous, so. that's right. So this guy comes yeah. up. He's literally walking by. He stops and goes, are you Brian Bendis? And I go, yeah. He goes, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> I go, what, what do you mean? He goes, this is the most secure building on the planet. Why are you in it? And I, and I couldn't tell if he was mad at me or what. And I go, uh, I, and I didn't know what I'm allowed to say too. Cause I was just told to, you know, not say anything. That's... And I go, uh, well, and I go, well, no, I'm, I'm here visiting. They go, and he goes, are you fucking with me? And I go, I, 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 I go, hi. And he goes, no, I just, I waited in line for you at Baltimore con for 45 minutes, <laughs> 10 years ago. And now you're sitting here and my, where I work. And I go, well, and then I had comics on me. So I pulled out a couple of comics and gave them to him. And he, and he goes, seriously, is this a test or something? And I go, no, you know, <laughs> you know, this guy here. And they go, no, we don't, we're not allowed to talk to each other. Really? Yeah. And I, wow. I go, oh, okay, well, it's, it's nice to meet you. And I gave him the books. And he was, it was nice and shook his hand. And then as I'm walking away, and I was so glad to stay on this podcast because no one else understood this reference. As I started again, he goes, this is fucking weirder than when I met Jim Starlin at the Dairy Queen. <laughs> he muttered it under his breath as he walked in. So funny. So wait a minute. This food court, do ever, does everybody pretty much like either they're from the same department or there are a bunch of people that are just there by themselves because they can't talk to anybody? It, the departments talk amongst themselves. Um, uh, I, you can overhear a lot of small talk that you're not supposed to hear. Um <laughs> It was fucking fascinating. There's also this, uh, um, just this mixture of after a while, like I was there for hours and, and, and like hours into it, I, I you start to realize that there's an inordinate amount of very physically attractive men and women, like very good looking models, like tall Steve Rogers built, you know what I mean? And you're like, <laughs> And, and and then there's a lot of a lot of people in my species. There's like, there's like and, and well, like the Peter, oh. the Peter Fox, like the Peter Fox and the Inlaws. Oh, they're all like yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are the yeah. And uh, <laughs> um, 
but then you realize that these are all like um, Navy SEALs, and you know what I mean? Like they're sure. they're like the best of the best of the best, right. and 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 then also people that literally drove over from MIT and just planted themselves in the cubicle and started reading numbers. So the the two species of people were fascinating to me. Wow. Um, so the the initial lunch and meeting went well, and then they did. Uh, make the uh, speech series happen. They invited me and Sana to come down. Um, uh, you do get that feeling, unlike other times where I've spoke or did a signing, you sit, you're sitting there going, I really hope this happens because if they cancel this, that means something really bad happens somewhere. <laughs> like, you know, and, and also I'm like, who's going to show up to this? It was all very vague, right? And then we okay. show up and it, the place is freaking packed. It was insane. Uh, and they were all like crazy diehard nerds. And they brought so many books that they ended up putting out a folding table and letting us sign for an hour. Like that, you know, which all of, all of which was not supposed to happen. It was very, very cool. Um, and then they gave uh, Sana and I a uh, certificate of excellence award and one of these um, coins and I'm, I, 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 my wife loves this. She was there uh, and, and, and it was hilarious too. It was like, can my wife come, you know, it, you know, I, it, you know, and they're like, well, that's a whole vetting process. And then, and then they finally said yes. And they vetted her and let her come. Right. Oh, wow. She's Canadian. So they let her in. And, uh, <laughs> uh, no, but you know, like, like the very few places in this life that my wife's going to be bowled over. I thought this would do it. <laughs> you know, we've been married. Sure. We've been married 20 years. You got to take the hits when they come, you know? So, um, uh, um, when, when the, when they, when they presented us with our coins, the entire audience went, Ooh, like very loudly. And the coins are a big deal there. And, uh, okay. yeah. And, uh, so, so we have these coins that we're very proud what, that we have. What's on the coin. Uh, it's, it, uh, I can't tell you. <laughs> I, 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 my, my wife actually went and got a coin a hold, holder for it. And this says central send a picture and I'll put it on the on the website if that's okay. Central Intelligence Agency Diversity Inclusion Office. It, it's very nice. But uh but uh these, memento, sure. These are a big deal at the um at, at the uh at the agency. So it, it, So and forgive me real fast, because yeah. I'm I'm trying to understand. Are they coming to you in terms of comparing trying to get into the CIA? And and the rarity of a of a comic book job at at a you know uh, a, and more like, about the fact that our culture was fragmented, and it has been defragmented by more inclusion, and right. by doing so, more people of color or different ethnicities or backgrounds are finding their way into comics or making their own comics, and that's okay. exactly what they were hoping would happen in the clandestine operations, that there would be, um, a, that the, it's basically, and, and I know that some people listening to this and rightly so think that not enough has happened in comics. So sure. looking at it like comics, well done comics. It's all fixed, you know? Oh no. Yeah, Go on. Yes. No one, no one believe John, you've got to see my Tumblr. It's constant. Um, nobody, anywhere thinks it's all good right uh, but um as much work that needs to be done there's other places that that more work needs to be done that are, that are behind where we are and they looked at us as ahead of them in so much though 
is that we opened our doors and slowly people are starting to walk in who are talented and ready and, you know, you know, ready for the stage, you know, right. and, um, and, and, and they wanted to talk about what we had done that got us where we are and what the, what the, what the common, what, what the parallel to what they are. And it's basically that for, to do what you need to do there at that, those offices, you have to have a very specific set of skills that you have had to dedicate your whole life to being. It has to be your passion, not a job, right? And, of course. And, yes. and, and, that, it's a, and that's the similarity to comics, that everyone who's made it in comics has dedicated their life to it. Um, and it's not just some job I'm going to do until I find another job. It's, it's, this is my career, right? And, and, and um, something happened along the way in comics that for a long time, uh, people of color and women thought they weren't in invited, Right. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of that's the perception. Yeah, that's sure. the perception. And then and I'm going to use women as an example. And, and let's say five years ago, six years ago, the woman issue started to correct itself that both Marvel and DC and other companies started hiring more women, letting them write more than just female, you know, things. Let's sure. use Kelly Sue is a perfect example. Right? Yes. And, and 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 not only writing the Avengers, writing the obviously. Avengers, right? But right, writing you know, writing the Hulk better than anyone ever thought a woman could write the Hulk, right? Which is ridiculous. Sure. But I've been in meetings where the idea of women writing the Hulk is uh, um, uh, not not something that would work, which seemed insane to me. I remember having this argument with someone; I was insane, and. Um, and then once someone like Kelly Sue and others, I'm just using Kelly Sue as an example. Once Kelly Sue comes in, guns ablazing, here we are just a couple years later, you felt like this wave of other women just coming in, right? right. And, and what you see is someone opens the door or someone breaks down the door, which is even cooler. Someone breaks down the door, other people come in, right? Sure. They, they, that's, what they're, that's what they're talking about. Is that it, it, and it's not just people coming in; it's people who are ready to play, ready. To right? Play. They have so yeah. They they have the skill set that that they are ready to do the job on day one. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's it's um it was fascinating to me because because I like many others don't think comics have done nearly enough, but then you meet people from other perspectives who see us as leading the way. And as someone who has daughters, I'm like, not enough. You know what I mean? And, and sure. so, so I, I also was, you know, I, it's very nice to meet people who care so much and are trying to do not only the right thing, but the right thing the right way. And as I said before, the, the mistake I, I've seen a few times is people are so hungry to correct a, 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 an injustice that they put someone out there who's not ready and, and that just fucks everything up, you know, mm -hmm. and, yes. um, for that person and, and for lesser minded people who think, Oh, well, and this happens in Hollywood all the time. Like one action movie starring a woman doesn't make money. They go, Oh, we can't make those anymore. Well, yes. they never do that with, with male action movies. It's ridiculous. Right. Um, right. Well, no, we, we had that conversation yeah. years ago about how, how Domino, kind of fucked up yep. the female bounty hunter detective <laughs> films. Uh, no, I remember that. 
and I and obviously no, that's self evident. VR Wachowski is another great example Cutthroat of that Island. that I know. <laughs> Cutthroat Island, exactly. Female pirates. Whoops. Yeah. So no, but so they, yeah, but they didn't stop yeah. them from making pirates of the Caribbean, but they'll never make it. No, no, and it's not to say that someone shouldn't try other than uh, Jenna Jameson to make a modern day woman <laughs> woman centric pirate movie. Sorry, feminists. That's Sorry, a wild that, joke. That also shows how old you are. That movie might be ten or twelve years old. That- well, yeah, exactly, because now I get shit on for coming up with a movie from the 2000s and not the 2010s. Anyway. We have someone working in our house who was born in 1995. <laughs> yeah. And it's upsetting. Well, that's my – yeah, it's my, my two nephews are now uh, comfortably in their 20s, and it's like, yikes. Yeah, it's upsetting. So I understand. Um, oh, well, born, all right. Can I – born can, and I was already married? That's great. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Hey, man, I get it. We get interns like that in uh, in radio all the time. I do understand. So anyway, uh, and I also I, I got to say, I know there's there's uh, and I joke about it sometimes, but the uh, white is the lamest um, uh, uh, label you can give me when I'm a Jewish American who's the father of a multiracial household. So there's all kinds of diversity going on in my life. But I'm bald and Chinese, so not everyone's willing to look at it at first glance. Well, as as we're talking, uh, DC had their talent search, and I know a lot of people got rejected. I don't, I didn't read who got in. Um, is Marvel would Marvel go to that length and, and do something similar? Is there something like that in the works? I don't, I honestly don't know. Not my department. Um, uh, I don't know. Okay. Couldn't couldn't say either way. Oh, I, no, I understand. Well, I'm, we I'm have, due to talk to Axel again, so that'll be a question when I do no, talk. No, we have to a Axel. retreat in a couple of weeks. I'll, I'll, they always tell us stuff like that at the retreat. But okay, well, that'll be well in, in twelve years when you come back, then we can talk. Uh, about it. So, um, <laughs> so anyway, it was just it was just it, this very cool experience, and and my my point is about my my label as a as a as a member yeah, of the diverse crowd. I, it was nice to meet people who. I uh, didn't give a shit that uh, that I was white, that because I even said it, it does it does bother you that I'm I'm white and you want me to speak about this, it will bother somebody and they go no not one we care about I'm like no we like white people no you know what I mean <laughs> no I do know what you mean that, just that is like oh the, here's here and here's the white yeah. guy to fix diversity for you so, oh well yeah women say that all the time well it's really nice that all the men got together and then you know created this law about women's ex- issues exactly you know I mean? and I don't want it to. <laughs> seem or feel that way because i understand um, no well i understand um and i and i do get that i i want to i'm going to ask you some information questions that i kind of think i might know the answers but just for the purposes of our of our discussion about this like what's the racial makeup of your writing class it's quite i gotta tell you and and um they're all they all come in like I don't know what they look like. I mean, I, I can tell when I'm looking at my roster. I got three Jews. I got an Italian. No, but you can you can see there's women and men, you know, more right, or less, right. you know. Well, yeah, but like, yeah, how much? Yeah, how much do they uh, express? I, I, I got to tell you, it's been it's been a nice little. Uh, it look it looks like the the people on the bus and speed. It's like a nice mixture. <laughs> I was going to ask if it looks like a Benetton ad, but all right. <laughs> no, Jeannie Garofalo used to have a great joke about that, that uh, on the speed bus, there was everything but an Eskimo with a harpoon sitting in the back. This so, is true. Um, right. yeah. so, Inuit and and right. I, again, I don't have much control about who sits down in the class, you know? And then when I come in the room, I'm always like, oh, that's nice. And also, um, David Walker co-teaches with me now. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, um, uh, 
we, we were covering a lot of bases that we weren't before, which is cool. And also, what level of skill set do you think you give them, both you and David, in the course? When they come out, what do they have? What can they do? Uh, you know what? At like every class, it depends on the individual. This last class sure. was one of our best. That the, okay. the ratio of, well, they're ready to go, it was very high. Well, yeah, I was going to say, like, what, that's the intent of the class that basically, hey, if you want to start making comics, that's what you, this, these are the skills. I, I look at it, it. Depends on how well you obviously take to these skills and are able to do them. Yeah. But yeah, tell me. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's like any class. I mean, like, you, 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 you come to the class, you show me what you got. And then we try to make it better by the end of the class. And, and I give them um, assignments in class and assignments out of class and three major assignments. Um, they have to do an autobiographical um, uh, script, okay. uh, which I'll, it, you, very surprising how few people have ever or are willing to or are afraid of writing about themselves. It's very interesting to me. And this one... Uh, I'm, I'm very, very interested in this just psychologically that, that there's a lot of people writing about dragons, but when you ask them to write something about their childhood, it becomes a whole blah, blah, blah. And they don't have to write like a dark thing. Sure. I, I say like, what's the best story you have? Like, what's the story you tell the party and it always kills? You can do that story or you can tell the story about how you murdered your little brother. You never told anybody, you know, <laughs> whatever, wherever you want to go with this, that's where you want to go. But writing about, themselves is is it's it's funny how um uh off-putting it is for some people and, sure. then, and then the midterm is they have to do an eight-page webcomic which is um in another genre uh they get to pick because um i i get sickened by teachers that are genre snobs it really bothers me like you know like even when i was in school um uh, i i had to write about what the teacher would like and I'm like, okay. no, you should write what you want to write about. Sure. And and show me how good you are at it, you know. And, is that autobiographical thing? Is that eight pages as well? Uh, you know, it's like five, and then it's eight, and then we build, and then and then. Okay, wow, five. That's cool that you're even teaching the five page skill because that's something that I've uh, five and eight pagers. I'm always like, that's really hard. It's very to hard cram all that it in. You know, teaches you everything you need to know about yourself as a writer. Is what what do I need to tell the story? Right. And it and, and I always go. And by the way, story is beginning, middle and end. Not here's the premise. That's the, the mistake a lot of people make when they're doing short stories. They have like a, okay. like a scene or a premise, like, no, beginning, right. middle and end. And it uh, teaches um, it, it teaches a lot, it teaches you to write from your perspective. It teaches you to write uh, the shorts, which are very, uh, you know, they make you scrape away everything that's uh, uh, not important to the story and just get to sure. it. And, uh, and, and, and then the final for the, for the semester is a full comic book that you have to um, uh, write and produce visually somehow, whether it be stick figures, your friend draws it, you draw it, photography, mixed media, however it is you want to portray yourself as a writer, you have to create 20 pages with a cover, print it, hand it in. Okay. And again, full story. Obviously. Full story. And a different one from the one you're working on in your midterm. And that's my take advantage of the class, spread your wings. Sure. Don't get locked into your, uh, your whatchamacallit. And it's so funny, like some semesters, like there'll be like 25 kids in the class and 15 of the stories will be about magic dragon eggs that they all wrote individually. 
Sure. And I'm like, wow, you're all into dra- dragon eggs. I've now read, I've now read 15 stories about dragon eggs, you know, <laughs> and then, and then uh, the next semester, everyone's into something else, you know, but, uh-huh. it, but, but there's always some like thing that everyone's into. That's very interesting. So anyway, so yeah, so that's, that's, that's what we do. Well, like I said, no, I've been curious about that. And also because, you know, that's, that's the thing is like, what can each person do to help the problem? Well, yeah, and, again, um, and, and, and it's hard because, well, first of all, the good writers like Joshua Williamson took the class and when he was in class, oh, I didn't know that. Go yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. He was in my first uh, classes that I, taught. I'm going to have to talk to him about that. Go on. Uh, and, and I jokingly take credit for his success. But the truth of the matter is that every semester you can tell which one other they're going to make it. And this is just one of the smart things they did on their road to making it. You know what I mean? Like, like taking this class was very um, helpful to them and, and a good, a good, a good sign of them knowing what they need. And that's a good sign of a successful person. If that makes sense, like when you talk to Joshua when he like five years ago, you're like, "Oh yeah, you're it's a done deal. You'll you'll make it. If you do this, this, and this, you'll make it." And he did it. Cool. Yeah. Well, no, and that's the thing is, and as you say, uh, some people come with certain skill sets already that you know that they have already got, mm-hmm. and you know you're kind of helping them with the with the rest. Or some of them that's come with horribly bad habits. Sure. That they need broken, and that you can break, and then if they trust you to break it. Right away, you're 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 good to go. No, I understand yeah. that, and that makes sense and everything. Well, and also I do know because I've heard you say this before, and I've heard other creators say this before that at the end of the Marvel retreat, like you guys go around the horn, and it's like, all right, who's out there that we're not talking to and we're not doing yes. stuff with? Yes. You know, absolutely, and it doesn't just happen at the retreats. Like, if any of us. Um, read something that we go, wow, that was really good. You, you point it out to the, to the people who are, there's people at Marvel who are actively looking. It used to be CB. Now it's someone named Ricky Purden. And, and he's very good. He's actively looking for the new hotness. And what I also like is that they're constantly putting um, new artists in front of us. Um, sometimes in a group email, like, Hey, you guys look at this person. And, and there was like one person they sent to me and, Hickman and Hickman was like, oh, I really like them. And I'm like, uh, you know, and then uh, I'm working right now with uh, Nico Leon on Spider-Man. And uh, he was put in front of me th- this way. They're like, hey, take a look. And that's actually how I met David Marquez, too. And CB sent me his stuff and said, I, I, th- I think you'd really like this. Is Nico drawing then for you right now? Or is he is he another or is he a writer that you're met? No, Nico is uh, drawing. He's um, uh, drawing Spider-Man while Sarah um, gets ready for the next arc. Oh, cool. That's, oh, that's both cool. Drawing. Yeah, yeah. And Did he do the uh, and I'm and go ahead. He's killing. I'm just saying it's just uh excellent um uh excellent excellent addition to the to the the way Marvel does their stuff. Okay. Tell me about the Peabody Awards. Or do you want to is there anything else you I mean I, No, the CIA I, thing was They're your stories, kids. Uh, yeah. No, CIA was <laughs> fine. Uh it was very, very cool. I got to go there. It was awesome. I got a coin. Uh and then <laughs> Like, uh, and then, yeah, the Peabody's like, I, um, I, I got a call from Loeb. You remember Loeb? He, 
I do remember Lobo. I'm hoping to talk to him soon. And and he, I saw him like for five the the my best five seconds in in San Diego Comic Con. Kelly Sue and Matt, and then you know, and, and I'm totally cool with that because that's where everyone's busy. Sure, sure. But literally, it's like, hey, good to see you. All right, take care. We'll talk soon. All right, and same with Lobo. I got him for like ten seconds. Yeah, that's so. that's that, that's how good. everyone's on the uh, everyone's running to something. <laughs> Absolutely, but go on. And so, uh, yeah, and so Lobo said, um, uh, "You're coming to the Peabody's." That's awesome. And it was funny because there's um, like a lot of stuff around Jessica I, I couldn't do or didn't want to do. Like they were like, come to the set. And I have a set or had a set. And yes. I know that when people come to set, they're actually coming to your workplace. Like you're working, right? And sometimes sure. we're, you, we're all fucking around and it's fine. And other times, you know, I, I could see they, they feel they're in the way. And I would respect uh, Jessica enough not to show up in the middle of the night while they're working, like so, I, I said, I, 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 when they invited me, I went, "No, nah, it's okay. If I'm there, I'll come." But I wasn't there, you know. I'm not gonna like travel across the country just to bother them at work. And and I know, like, uh, I, I sound crazy when I'm saying this. I'm like, you didn't go to the set, and like, I, I, I had my own craft services. It's okay. And uh, um, uh, <laughs> but, and but I will go. And I realize some of me, that is just me being nuts. Uh, like, oh, I don't want to bother. This is a Jewish grandmother me. Oh, please. <laughs> no, no. Stop with the invitations. <laughs> but I'll die over here in the corner. Go ahead. Uh, and, and I and I couldn't come to the Terrible. premiere because it just uh, where I was in the world. I was I physically couldn't get there, and okay. uh, and and I was bummed out. I was bummed out about that. And uh, uh, and then he goes, uh, "You're coming to Peabody." He's like, "Oh, let me let me look at my calendar, and make sure I can make this." And, and he went, "Brian." Exactly. How many times do you think you're going to get invited to shit like this? And I'm like, yeah, you're right, you're right. And then I like, like hung up and I said to my wife, I got invited me to Peabody. She goes, go! Oh, yeah. yeah so I, I went. Yeah, what are the Peabody's like? I mean, well, as far as compared to other award fucking, ceremonies. It's super fucking fancy. Uh, let me tell you this. I, I did wear a nice suit and I was very glad I did. <laughs> uh, holy shit. Some cargo shorts on okay? What? Yeah. I said so. Cargo shorts aren't okay. Yeah, no, no. And, and even my my fancy convention dress would have been embarrassing. And uh, but it was very very nice. And I sat and had dinner with Kristen Ritter and Melissa Rosenberg and and the other writers. And uh, that was very nice because we and uh, uh, Carrie Ann Moss was there. I'm actually a really big fan of. And, yeah. Um, and and it was very very nice. And. We, you know, they, they, it's, it's not voted on, or it, there's no nominations or anything. So you, everyone knows they won. Uh, you know, right. Uh, okay. Um, but you, is it a juried committee? I, I guess. I, I, I don't know, but I, 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 I got to tell you, and uh, of of the way people get awards, I like that more. Uh, the this nomination award thing is bullshit. Oh yeah. It's just nonsense, and uh, um, but but this is nice. It's nice. Someone goes, hey, we like what you did. Here's an award. That's very nice. Now we like what you did. Now we'll see if you make the finals. It's not. It's is annoying. So I right, know, right. Boo-hoo, I know. So wow. um, so we're sitting at this nice table, and my chair is touching Larry Wilmore's chair, and uh, I'm watching as he's on Sorry Eats, and you open up the program, and it, it tells you in what order everyone's going, and then um, uh, it says Jessica Jones Letterman. Ha. And I'm like, Letterman's here? And they're like, not only is Letterman here, turn around. And they were like two tables away. There's Steve Martin. There's David Letterman. There's Jon Stewart. 
it was, you know, you know, and I'm literally, as you know, the biggest comedy nerd in the world, and this was fucking happening. Now, I'm much more obsessed with seeing Letterman get his than I was about ours. You know what I mean? I was like, that, like this, that I wouldn't I ever think I'd be in a room with Letterman. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So what's very funny is it's, it's, it's the Peabody's, and you can watch them online. They're this mixture of, um, uh, it's all programs that actively did something positive, right? So it's a mixture yes. of entertainment shows like Jessica or Blackish or Mas- Masters of None that have, um, um, you know, a good message somewhere in their in, in the material and the way they handled it, mixed with um, very excellent uh, news programs that have shined a light on something sure. profound. So that I've got some- I've got the Washington Post uh, article, and it and it gives what the Peabody judges said about Jessica Jones. It says the show asked unpopular questions about power and consent while constructing vivid and compelling characters. Lovely. Yeah, and then, and then I just, well, I'm just saying for the context. Uh, no, it's like, nice you know. Okay, so, so in that context, <laughs> okay. So here's what's funny, and, and I'm blanking on the same right now. But one of the Razor Jessica and I were sitting next to each other, and they'll show like it'll give ten minutes to Master of None and ten minutes to Blackish, and then they show a clip. Then the lights go down. They show a clip. The, cl- the lights come on. Everyone applauds the clip, right? And then, right. but in the mixture, they'll go and here's someone who did a piece about how all the elephants are dying of AIDS, and then they'll show the clip. And then the lights come on and we're all applauding. And then you're like, I don't want to applaud the AIDS elephants. Right. <laughs> Why am I applauding? Because <laughs> it's yeah. news. And, go, and here's a country where everyone's been raped. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Applauding the sun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> that happened at the Chicago Emmys when a news channel won for its coverage of a mass shooting. And they literally play Hold On, I'm Coming uh, for the music as they're getting the award. So it's like, hey, way to go for the person X shootings. Did it, did, did it, did it. And everyone's like, oh, no, no, that's not that's good. Terrible. Yeah, that really happened. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so this, is, uh, this is what happened with us. And um, uh, and then and then you put, you're looking around the room and it's like, this is this is a fucking nice room. And it actually was like one of the best catered meals I've ever had, too. And uh, <laughs> sometimes these these. The feel was excellent you go to and inappropriate, but excellent. Go on. You know, you go to like a really nice bar mitzvah and the food is shit, you know. Just, you know. <laughs> I do know, actually. It's a lot like that. So, um, but this, this. I'm sure. It, it Was it black tie? It wasn't black tie, but it was dress. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, and, and some people had black tie, but uh, every, everyone looked good. And, sure. um, and then they have us. And, and I wasn't even aware I was going on stage. Like I, I, I thought I was just there to support and there to experience, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, and much like I didn't know I was getting a, a prize at CIA, I didn't know I was getting on stage and getting a Peabody at this thing, and um, uh, and then they had us all come on, and uh, Melissa once again, uh, very nice to me publicly, and it was weird to for her to, uh, and I'm mad that they cut this out of the broadcast because it, it meant the world to me. Um, but she, uh, literally in the middle of speech gestures at me and says uh, very, very nice things about me. And then, uh, there's applause and then you look down and who's got the best seats in the house, right? The ones you can see right away. There's Letterman and Seymour. They have no fucking idea who I am, but they're all applauding. And I'm like, wow, when's you going to see that? 
Yeah, no kidding. Right? Wow. It was cool as shit. Yeah. And, well, that's why I'm asking about it. Yeah, no, it's yeah. the I I understand the Peabody's. I know it's a big and deal. Then, and yeah. then, and so then they do this thing where they whisk you away. Now I've been whisked away with the stars of shows, and 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 when they whisk you away for um, press and photographs, they're really there to talk to Kristen, which is perfect, sure. absolutely great. So if that's the case. And Letterman's coming on right after us, and now I'm like half backstage, like I can like hang out in the rafters and watch Letterman get his award as Steve Martin starts one of his great Steve Martin bits, right? Just wow. and it, and it, Steve Martin wrote a great bit, it, uh, such a Steve Martin like bit, where he gets up and tells the story of David Letterman. Every fact is completely wrong, like everything, <laughs> like you know, and, and there's stuff like we all know, like he went to Ball State and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's saying everything incorrectly. And then in the middle of it, you hear Letterman backstage on a, on a microphone um, um, correcting him exasperatedly, right? He goes, and then when David Letterman went to Harvard, Ball State, like it, Ball State. And then, and then, and then it was hilarious, right? And also, sure. Letterman's retired. This is it. You're not going to get to see him again. This is it, yeah. right? Yeah. So I yeah. literally snuck out of the photo shoot. Went down to the thing because I would rather watch this than have my picture being taken that no one will ever see. That's another thing, too. You take these pictures. You see all the pictures of Kristen. No one's ever going to see my picture. I'm just sneaking away. So uh, I'm sneaking away, and I'm standing there, and I'm in heaven because I'm at first row seat to see Steve Martin doing shtick. And wow. then uh, about 10 minutes into it, I swear to God, some someone smaller than me, like – grabs me by the neck, this woman PA, and goes, get up there! You're not in the right place! And Jesus. really physically moved me. And as I was being dragged by my neck up back up the stairs, uh, Damon Littleoff, who I've not seen in years and years and years, goes, oh my god, Brian, I would never have recognized you in a suit unless you told me. <laughs> because I was sitting there watching that, and I go, oh, look at that guy, looks like Brian. They go, that's, oh my god, that's Brian. I've never seen you in a suit. So, and then and that, that was the last I saw Damon. And then upstairs we went to, uh, and I missed the whole Letterman thing. Ah, <laughs> oh, it is but that on tape as well. Yeah, we're sitting there, we're being talked to by the press. I'm watching the monitors behind the press of Letterman killing. So, <laughs> is is it on YouTube or do you have to go to the Peabody Awards it is on uh, website YouTube. to watch it? You can see. Uh, I don't know if it's still up on YouTube, but Pivot um, has it on YouTube. Oh, cool. Pivot's but, a great, yeah. But sadly, I like our piece is edited down. So what I've just described to you, uh, not all of it is there. So Okay. Yeah, but if she was very, very nice to me, and I know it, so that's all that matters. So, that's awesome. Yeah, so it was very, very so cool. You, and then, and then, uh, do you have an award? Uh, do you have a Peabody yes, as well? Yes, a couple weeks later, I get, I get an uh, email from Marvel saying, hey, listen, you're going to have to sign for this one. Because, yeah, I get a lot of shit from Marvel. Sure, but sure. But I have the, um, your Peabody. <laughs> it's, it's coming. I, I go, oh, I'm getting one? Like, wow. I, I'm just happy to go to the... Get to, yeah, exactly, I, the thing. The steak was enough. I, and yeah, so... <laughs> yeah, I do, I, uh, in, in my, on my wall of what is now referred to as the what wall, I have uh, my Peabody next to my honorary doctorate. And my, Dude, that's amazing. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. Yeah, next to what I actually amazing. posted it on Instagram. People can see the, the thing. I did, I, when it came, oh, I did post it because I'm that... Because I, I saw your stage uh, photos. Well, you know, I don't live on your Instagram. You I'm should kidding. live on my Instagram. <laughs> the cutest kids in the world. I see a lot see, of that. My son um, decided he wants to be Captain America. So offensive. 
So I wrote on Twitter yesterday, I go, does this kid not know that his college is being paid for by Iron Man? He's going to fucking dress like Captain America. That's awesome. The, uh, no, I saw the, I saw the girls chanting with the older girls and I can't remember what, you know, what the chant was, but it was yesterday. The old some sort, of, some sort of kid at the beach chant, you know. I don't oh know. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was funny. It was cute. Yeah, yeah. The so back we just, yeah, it was very. We cute. just had one of those moments where the kids just started doing camp songs. Exactly. Yeah. There you Turned go. Exactly. I've been a camp. Yeah, I've been a camp in thirty the years. The Von Trapp family started. Von <laughs> Trapp family. So, yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Excellent. So yeah, so it's been uh, again uh, just to preface for those of you who think I'm bragging. Um, I never leave the house. I stay alone in my room, dealing with the kids, writing my stories, doing my stuff. It just so happens that lately, when I have left the house, it's been big shit. Big shit. Yeah. So I do. I do pick my moments very well. So. <laughs> well, I don't know how often I'll have the opportunity to interview someone who has experienced the Peabodys and won a Peabody. So I want to hear. No, it I, I I can't believe it. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. And, and it's and it's funny because the Peabody actually showed up. At my house the day we found out Powers wasn't going forward to PlayStation. So I was like all excited to really get a good mope going. I was like, I'm going to mope like it's no one's business. I haven't moped in a while. I'm going to mope. And then the Peabody shows up and I'm like, well, you can't really mope. It's a pretty good day. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. Is Sherman also on the award or is it just Mr. Peabody? Oh my god! You've you've been sitting on that for like three weeks. Thanks. Yeah. No, actually, that just occurred okay, to me. Right. But that's fine. all right, there you go. Uh, thank you. Uh. <laughs> well, that killed that. I, I want the, I want this moment <laughs> to sit there for a long time. I want to edit this. Well, no. all right. So, Let's just sit quietly and think about what you just did. Well, no, no, I, I no, I feel bad, but you, I mean, you know, the the Scarlet stuff is moving, so that's cool. No, no, no. Scarlet, you, no, honestly. Scarlet is moving. Uh, powers may live again. Who knows? Um, uh, not not to be um, fooling myself, but you know, we we PlayStation's decision not to do original programming uh, didn't have much to do with our, our what we were doing, you know. And uh, so that is the thing; they've just decided to leave the streaming platform. Or at least in terms of creating their own pro content for that. Well, again, listen, I have to preface this with everything anyone tells me in Hollywood ends up being not true. So um, they could announce their new programming next week for all I know, you know. But, okay. Uh, but as of but now, as that I, was I, But as I've been told. Um, no, I mean, I, I and I, and we can talk about this. I, I don't... Um, I don't, I don't feel bad about it other than the fact that, like, like if we would have fucked up and not delivered the numbers we were told to deliver, um, uh, uh, then I'd be like, okay, you cancel us. You, we fucked up. You know what I mean? Okay. But there was a number we were given. We did four times that number, seven times the number of our last season, which got us the second season. So here okay, and this is and this is all on PlayStation. This isn't on Crackle yet, obviously. Yeah, no, this is – but, but, like, if you look on YouTube – um, our first episode did like 4.7 million, you know, first episode of the second, uh, the second season. season. And that was just, on. just on YouTube, not the other right. 10 places it was available. Right. <clears throat> and so that's, you know, it, it, that, that's an insane number to me because the book sells sure. 30,000, you know, and it's say that, say, say that again. If the book, the book sells like it's 30,000 at its top, it sold 55,000, like it's tippy top. So 55,000 yes. versus, 4.7 million. It's insane. You know what I mean? It's well, it's, and, four, 
yeah, and people need to know that 4.7 million, that's more than like a CW episode of Supergirl. Um, it's more than Mr. Robot. It's more than Veep. It's more than, yeah, I was going to say, and these shows don't crack a million and I'm not right. shitting on any of them. Cause I watch all of them, but there are buzzy shows on platforms that, that don't come near this. So, so we were all sure. like, woohoo. And again, it didn't do those numbers on PlayStation. It was doing them elsewhere. So that, on YouTube, yeah. and it was the first episode. No, I understand. And and so I'm not misspeaking. I don't want to say we had millions sure. of viewers and they canceled us. But um, our, our well, and then and the PlayStation the PlayStation platform you have to subscribe to yes. it. So so yeah, there's there's that as well. Okay, yeah. And, no, and we on. were and we were told when we were greenlit. The, the only thing they the PlayStation was awesome with us top to bottom from beginning to end. The only thing that didn't come true that was part of the plan was that they were going to build a network, which was that we were the first show of what would be five shows that we would be like in the second season come out, there'd be two new shows. And then on the third season, there'd be five shows. You know what I mean? And, and that's, how, yes. that's how HBO built their original programming. That's, sure. Right now, that's what CBS is doing it with the Star Trek thing they're doing. And Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's and that's what the plan was. And what Powers kept proving was that there was enough eyeballs worth doing it. But then it came time that they had to really make a decision about how much money they were willing to sink into this because it wasn't just us. Now it's other shows and it just became a lot of money. And 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 they just decided to go elsewhere. You know, I think virtual reality is where everyone's putting betting, hedging all their bets, you know. So, in terms of scripted drama presented no, with virtual reality, or what they want to offer their subscribers, you know, I see. Well, and that certainly makes more sense from a gaming standpoint. <laughs> and, sure. and the other thing, and to be fair too, is that they greenlit Powers um, because Xbox had come out swinging with all this original programming they were going to do, and um, Xbox then folded and didn't do any of the original programming. Like, right, right, and. I thought, oh, they're going to cancel us because the only reason they greenlit us is because we were Sony, we were ready to go, we were well within the PlayStation, whatever, you know what I mean, like genres, you know. Yes. And and we we were there to compete, and there was no one to compete with, so why bother? But they didn't cancel us, and I was very grateful for that. And I remember they mentioned there was going to be a Winter World xbox uh tv show based on chuck dixon's old story Winter world um uh warren ellis had something going on halo was going on all these right right all this stuff all the kind of look interesting too but something happened and they just stopped well did you read did you read that vulture article (laughs) last week or two weeks ago about streaming television and that you know obviously in fact the fx uh chairman that i know you've quoted before john john langraff John Glangraff, thank you. Couldn't remember his name. Um, yeah, he's he's really smart in the article and just talking about, you know, there's like over almost 500, if not over 500 scripted uh, dramas that are, you know, being made when you include all the platforms, television, cable, yep. streaming, he, online. Hashtag everything. Peak TV. That is what they were talking about. Yes, yes, that is. Yeah. So Vulture Peak TV and you'll find this really great article. And it's fascinating. Who knew Netflix spends five billion dollars? Oh, no, and I they, guess they're that planning makes sense. On it, they're spending. Oh, is that what it was they that they're planning? Yeah, okay, that's uh, that's their that they're ready to if they have to. Okay, and, well, and uh, that makes sense given that they're able to compete with movie studios to get, for better or worse, Adam Sandler movies or 
No, for them, it's they've... better. The, for, supposedly, those Adam Sandler movies are streaming like crazy. You know. There you go. So, um, yeah. Listen, I, I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not saying that that uh, Powers was the best show on television. And they fucked us and blah blah blah. Nothing like the sort. I'm just describing the what went on. You know, and like literally. Well, no, weeks, I want to. Yeah, the reasons why. Two weeks before they, they pulled the plug, they had called us about doing virtual reality for Powers. They wanted to do a virtual reality. Of, of powers, and we were like, hmm, well, you know, we were thinking about what to do with that, and all the excited sure. about using the technology um, uh, that was very excited for us. So we, we were thinking, well, if they're talking about doing virtual reality, our third season's a no-brainer. <coughs> and um, and and then and then business took over. It had nothing to do with uh, with us, but you know, it, was, it, it it's um, what you call a bummer. You know, I, sure, I did only because sure. I was the experience uh, of making it was very um, uh, challenging in the best way. Like I'm like uh, this. I've, I've never experienced this before. This is interesting. Like working with actors and 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 crafting a world that I, I was comfortable with in comics and then finding the television version. It was all very interesting to me personally. And it was fun to share with Mike. Uh, um, and, and, and also I teamed up with a showrunner that I liked a lot. Like we all liked each other, you know, mm-hmm. and, and having, you know, met and talked to so many other people, I, I, I knew how once again, blessed I was. I mean, that, that this is the thing I've been the most lucky with in my life is that, um, I met people at Marvel who I liked and we believed in each other. And then I met people in television that I liked and we believed in each other. And it, it makes it makes life easier. You know what I mean? Like you can just sit, Certainly. sit and try to do the work. And I know there's many people who have not been as lucky as I have been in this instance where they either run up against an editor who's just making their life a living hell or they meet uh, producers in television who are just coked up lunatics who are making their life a living hell. And, or radio. And, but, it, it, <laughs> any, but right, any medium, it happens where you're like, thank God I met the right person finally. Yes. You know? Absolutely. Not, Absolutely. Like everyone I've met has been the right person. And usually when I meet bad people, I just I just shut down on them. I just walk away. Sure. Uh, but but when you when you do meet people who you can learn from and that you like, it's super exciting. So I was I in the middle of that with Ramey on, on Powers and all the people at Sony. And uh, and and, all, and then we delivered. They told us the number we had to do and we did it. And so if, if we didn't do the number, I would have been like, wah, wah, okay, sure, but, sure. You know, it's, it's happened before. It'll happen again. You never know. But, uh, oh. but we did do the number. So I would, I was bummed out that they, they uh, pulled the plug on us, but that's show business, baby. So with, with the strength of our, our, our numbers, um, we'll see what Sony can do to um, find, find a way for us to keep going. Um, if not, it's okay. Scarlet is up and running, and uh, Jessica starts filming, and uh, you know it, it's all good. It's not. It's no, I understand, good. and truly, honestly, I I really thought that the series got better in the second season, and I mean that does take. We've talked about this before in television and in general. A lot of times, the first season is a shakedown season, and you're really only finding your footing and what characters work and what story directions to go into. Maybe sometimes not, not you know, until mid-season or sometimes even the end of the first season. Yep. Like like we've talked about and I've just been reading about, again, in these 50-year mission oral history books. I bought it. I haven't read it yet. They're fantastic. They're fantastic. Well, and it's on that Chaos on the Bridge uh, documentary that was on Netflix. Did you see that yet? No. What's this? 
Oh, go to Netflix. Yes. There's an hour-long special called Chaos on the Bridge. What? It's about it's about the first three seasons of Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh. It is made and narrated by Shatner. It is very eye-opening in terms of the state of health and lucidity, if that's the proper word, of Gene Roddenberry during the entire three seasons. Wow. It, it is warts and all, wow. and it's fantastic. It is oh, my, fantastic. My wife... My wife uh... Gonna, She'll love it. She's going to have another baby. She's, she will plot. Yeah. yeah, it's no, seriously, I was blew my mind. I, and, you know, I've gotten to know to a degree on an acquaintance level, Rob Meyer Burnett, who made the Axanar movie that is the linchpin of the CBS and Paramount uh, lawsuits right. against the, the one fan film that they are absolutely aiming at. Um, and he even, well, you know, and he was a little more defensive of the Roddenberry, I think, image than the documentary itself. But I think it's it's part of the story. And you also get that in the second volume of this uh, 50-year mission oral history books. And, you know, again, we're talking about Star Trek. They're amazing. I've, I've literally done like four or five Star Trek shows in like the last month because Discovery is very exciting. The new series that's coming on CBS All Access. Sure. And, and, and also in this 50th anniversary, just some of these stories that have come out. And, yeah, they talk to everybody, living and dead. They've got great Roddenberry quotes at the time and stuff. And it's really interesting to hear the Next Generation writer's perception of Roddenberry at that stage, of again, of his life. And, yeah, watch Chaos on the Bridge. It's on Netflix now. Um, it's under an hour. So, yeah. Cool. yeah no, you guys are going to love it. Unreal. You guys are going to love it. That's exciting. Say this is what we do. I'd say the biggest Please. problem with Netflix, though, is that there is a lot of, like, hidden stuff on there. Oh, absolutely. Like, there's always shows like, you know, Stranger Things and that, that, that makes you go look for it. And then then every once in a while, some friend of mine will go, hey, did you see this? I'm like, what? I didn't even hear about this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kurt Russell's dad and his uh, Portland baseball team. That's an amazing documentary. What? The, the battered. Oh, do you see <laughs> the battered bastards of, of baseball. Oh, I actually knew this one. Uh, I Matt was talking to Greg Ruck about it in front of. Oh yeah, oh yeah, no, and it makes sense that that you know that Matt loves it because I know he's a baseball freak. But yeah, Bing Bing Russell, who was like the deputy on Bonanza on like a hundred of their five hundred episodes, um, is you know yeah after he stopped acting and stuff, moved to Portland, and it's a great story about his minor league team. Um, watch the trailer, The Battered Bastards of Baseball, if you have um, any interest in it, listeners. That's another great one, and the Nina Simone documentary that was nominated for the Oscar. That was amazing. Yep. Well, so. yeah, well, well, yeah. So, so this is anyway. where we're, this is where we are in, 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 in the thing. So we'll, uh, we'll see, we'll tell me, we'll see what the future holds for powers. Who, who knows? Uh, what can you tell us about Scarlet in the meantime? Uh, Scarlet Cinemax. I just visited there, just got the first draft of, uh, of the pilot. Um, it, it, and it, it is, uh, it's a relief. It's always like you're about 10 pages in where you go, Okay. <laughs> you, cool. just, you just want something you can start work with. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, you don't want something to go, oh, it's a puppet show there. You know, it's it, it, they, it's it's um, it's good. And, you know, it's funny. I As I said, like Scarlet was the one I prided myself on it being nothing that Hollywood wants. Like, you know, like like so many yeah. are creating pitches that are obviously Hollywood pitches. These books are, you know. Sure. Uh, you know, the Goonies meet Jurassic Park. I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it. You're this is you're selling, right? And that's fine, yeah. or it's not. It's sometimes it's just that's what that person likes. But every once in a while, you come up with, with an idea that it just should be that comic, you know? 
and or it's told in a way that it's just it's a comic book and nothing else. And uh, we thought Scarlet was that, and then you know, we found uh, someone who was specifically looking for something as you know potentially dangerous as, as, as Scarlet is. Yeah. Well, and the and the real world continues to kind of mirror what you guys tapped into. It's fucking crazy. Like literally, yes. as we are working on this. Um, uh, actively working on this now and we're all emailing back and forth with each other and then every fucking four days some insane shit happens right? Yeah. You're like, oh my I, can't, I could, wouldn't it be nice if this wasn't what the world was like? If this wasn't topical? This wasn't supposed to be topical. Sure. It really wasn't. So anyway, yeah, so, uh, and, and so with that in it's mind. early going it's early going okay. so I don't want to say anything else other than, you know, Fingers crossed and hope for the best. And I, I think, you know, obviously HBO and Cinemax makes kick-ass TV shows. And it was, it was, um, like I felt like I graduated TV college by, by getting, by having them buy this. You know, much like, much like Dina in Powers, is there a thought to change Scarlet to a person of color? I don't know. We, we have talked about it. The, the thing of it is, is that if. Scarlet, there's a plus and minus to both. If, first of all, the best actor should get the part. That's my of course, of course. If it's a person of color, the fear is then it just becomes about race, and it's more about corruption than race. Even though race is a part of it, because some of people in Scarlet's group suffered Uh systemic racial problems with authority. But it's the overall that I'm interested in, the Understood. overall of corruption. And yes, and I even have a couple of people written me that they felt Scarlett was whitewashing the racial problems in this country. And I'm like, if that's the story that was being told, yes, but that's not the story that's being told. What's being told is uh, a problem with people abusing authority, and that does... And though the racial component is undeniable and and overwhelming, I, I was looking at the overall. So we'll see. I understand. But right. but you know both stories are damn worth telling. But you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Sure. You know, I'm, I'm I what I've learned is to be zen and open to it. You know. Um. So so we'll see. I mean, Susan's the best thing that happened to Powers, in my opinion. So um, Susan and Trisha Helfer. So um, uh, yeah, I, I I I I can't even express to you how much working with Susan has has changed me for the better. Cool. So, no, but, she's great. Yeah, I, she really is the, exceptional. Behind Absolutely. the scenes, her just her gravitas um, and her level-headed practical look at the racial problems in this world have have been very um i don't know it just been it, it just it profoundly moved me and, and it was it was fun to when um you know all my older kids visited the set but um um sabrina who's eight an african-american uh gravitated to susan just like completely was empowered by just standing next to her. It was quite, quite something, you know, it was just cool. because she has brown skin. There's other people with brown skin in my daughter's life. It, 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 it was just Susan's energy of a, of a, of a powerful woman 
was was intoxicating to my my kids. It was pretty cool. Fantastic. Yeah. That's great, man. So so if 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 that door a door like that opens again on Scarlet, I would be a fool to not embrace it. But then again, uh, you know, we're, we're telling a story and I want to tell the story that we're telling. What's your level of involvement then? Obviously it sounds a lot more direct uh, than obviously Jessica Jones. Same, no, yeah. Same as powers. Um, okay. I'm wow. run the show. Uh, 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 there are better people for that. And um, I also know what it entails. And I got to say uh, my interest in it is not that high. Uh, firing, I like hiring people. <laughs> I don't like firing people. And sure. uh, uh, I honestly, truly, I just want to write and create stories. And a show running involves a lot of business stuff, uh, some of which I have to be part of as, an, as a producer. But um, I, I would rather my, my energies be put forth towards storytelling. So that that's, you know... Yeah, but again, next year I might tell you, oh my God, on uh, on the United States of Murder Inc. Uh, Netflix show, but there's none. I'm just saying that I I, I do want to sure. because I feel I feel I can do it now or something. Well, that's what I was going to ask, and it sounds like yeah. it obviously that you've you've kind of learned new skills and how things work so that you can have, take your. Own. I have, and 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 it and and by, by the the grace of very excellent partners, Ramey, patience and and. Uh, Guidance as as an elder statesman of television has been um, quite necessary to me, and it's also helped my my me. It's just just you just meet people, just help you as a person and as a writer. You're just glad you met them. You know what I mean? Like sure. And 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 uh, yeah, and and being in the room with uh, even Ben Ben Edlund, who is in our writers' room, who runs the Tick. Um, yes. It just you know. Well, and all the shows that he's been involved with, Supernatural exactly. and Buffy and Angel. Exactly. And, you just see, you oh, see yeah. people who, who can do it, and you're like, I can do it. You know, and, and, then, and then the similarities between show running a event at Marvel or, you know, running the Iron Man books and, and, and running a show, there's a lot of similarities, you know, talent management and whatnot. And, and so and, – and, and then I also – allows me to come at some of the television stuff with a unique perspective that like, Oh, we can maybe do it this way instead of that way, you know? And, and that, that's cool too. Understood. Yeah. So, yeah. but I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that I, I'm now met another showrunner who will be named soon. Okay. I, because I blew the Scarlet announcement so badly uh, at the Austin television festival that I'm going to not name names right now, but our director <laughs> and our showrunner on Scarlet also, uh, you know, they, they have to decide that they want me around. You know what I mean? That it's, it's it, that I'm not being forced upon them, but then I'm a, I'm a, a good thing in their lives. Right. Okay. And sure. I have, and, and I have it with Ramey and I have it with, um, the people on Scarlet as well. And you can tell when they really want you around, you know, you know, the difference. I do. And I know. I appreciate office that. can tell when people want them around. And, uh, when I, I, I called her and I said, uh, well, powers isn't going. She said, good. I need you. And that's exactly what you want. Wow, that's great! Wonderful. What you want to hear? Absolutely. Um, so, so are they are they only making the pilot and then deciding if they're going to commit? I, to I don't know. They, no, where it's the the first episode is being written right now, uh, and uh, we'll see what choices they make. They could go right to series. They could they could, you know, do nothing. They could you know, sure. Okay. They could make the pilot and sit on it for two years. All these things happen. 
So I understand. So no, I'm hopefully. psyched. I'm psyched for uh, Quarry. Yes. Uh, Max Allen Collins series coming up on Cinemax, yes. and uh, certainly Westworld and Brubaker involved in Westworld yep. and everything. Now, what am I happy about is that when the new person took over, uh, they kept us. They, they uh, uh, some things did not get kept. A lot of things got. Tossed. The new showrunner took over and kept. No, I mean, the new person running um, the ah. HBO networks. Uh, ah, what's his uh, name or her? Um, name? I'm not going to get into all that. All right, I, that's fine. We can look uh, that up on Google. But, and that's uh, fine. but, uh, um, but no, I was I was grateful they kept us because they could have said, "Oh uh, yeah, no." But they no, that's an old that's an old Hollywood story. A new a new studio regime comes in exactly, and yeah, whatever the old person had, no, that's that's all dead. And two weeks from now, someone could take over PlayStation and go, "Hey, wait, why did we cancel Powers?" And then and you know, and then we get a call. That happens too, where shows sure. get canceled and then re re uncanceled, and the people involved have no idea what the fuck happened. I've almost everyone I know has a story like that, so you never sure. know, you know. Yeah, it's no, it's a it, it, honestly, television is is uh, has never been more fascinating than it currently is yep. in terms of the options and the platforms, and um, yeah, I, like I said, that read that vulture article yep. and you'll it'll really give you a good idea of the playing field because I can appreciate even a listener or a viewer not knowing what you know what all is entailed. I'm, I'm truthfully um, very happy to be a passenger on the ship. Sure. It's fascinating to watch. Uh, the similarities between this and comics are very interesting. I wonder what comics is going to be like in five years based on some of the stuff that's going on. So we'll see. What do you think? I think that someone needs to make some bold moves into alternative publishing situations. Uh, um, everyone's focusing on um, the different voices that are that are telling their stories but I think with the voices that are telling the different stories, also there needs to be new venues in which these books are sold to. And I would, I would like to see that. New venues outside of the direct market? Yes, or, 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 or re, reinvigorated direct market with different rules to it. You know, it's very funny. Sure. Um, a week ago, somebody asked me, hey, you know, I'm really bummed out that David Walker's um, Nighthawk got canceled. And, um, you know, obviously David's a good friend of mine, and uh, and we knew it a couple weeks before that. Uh-huh. What could we have done to make this not happen? And I'm like, well, the only thing you can do at this stage is pre-order. Right? Right. You pre-order the book. It lets the store know you want it. It lets the store place an order for you. Then that order goes to the publisher, to the distributor, and then and then your support, you know. And sometimes if like two people order a book uh, that isn't going to get a lot of shelf space, the store then goes, oh, maybe I'll order three for the shelf. And that's the difference between life and death of a of a store. Now, I did not create the direct market. I did not, uh, you know. But when I said all you can do is pre-order, this is the way the system's set set up right now. Uh, people just screamed at me. Was this on Tumblr? Yeah, Twitter. Okay, go on. Yeah, <laughs> screamed at me. Oh, what they say? Oh, well, I'm an asshole because my books have never been canceled. Not true. Uh, I, I'm an asshole for for uh, celebrating this broken system. Uh, and, and I'm like, you know, guys, he <laughs> asked me a fucking question. That's the fucking answer. You can scream at me all you want. It's still the fucking answer. You're right, like, what you is... can do? Buy forty thousand. Oh, the other thing you can do is buy forty thousand copies. But 40,000 copies, they'll keep making them. They don't care. 
How where the hammer is? Is that the demarcation line? Forty thousand? I don't know. I just honestly, well, no, but I, I, I would be truthfully. It depends on the book. Depends on how much the talent costs. Is it? Because I know David Gabriel obviously does give you guys numbers. Mm-hmm. So it it depends on the budget of the book and and it's budget that kind on the of book and um, what they want to do with the resources of that book. Like, let's say they got a book, and oh my god, that artist on that that book's not doing well. But that artist or that writer is really, really coming into their own. So you know what we like to do is take this um, this person off of uh, right, let's just say Nighthawk and David Walker hates one of these I give the example, but uh, and put him on Avengers. Sure, because he's killing it, right? And now he's on Avengers. Yes. So yes, oh yeah, he's Nighthawk no, doing way, but he's on Avengers, you know. Yes. And uh, so, so that you know, that's that's what happens where they just decide that the the resources could be used elsewhere. And also, I, I happen to know that um, uh, Dan Buckley's mantra about this stuff is 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 different than most people's. In that, um, hey, just make Iron Fist until you're done, and then you have a cool Iron Fist book that never got shitty. Like you know, like. Right, like Matt, like he always used Matt and Ed's thing. Like, good, Iron Fist never got bad because you just ended right. it when they were done. And Jessica Jones just ended when it was done. And uh, Hawkeye just ended when, they, and then you have a right. lovely book that never jumped a shark, you know. And right. and what's wrong with that? And he goes, even if it goes six issues or ten issues, all right, it wasn't the biggest seller role, but you know what? You had a nifty fucking book, and it was good from beginning to end. Boom, done. We'll move on to the next one. It's not a terrible attitude, to be honest with you. Right, and also it's not the last time that Night- Nighthawk necessarily will be no, in, of in, course. In, a, in, a, in a fucking book. Absolutely. Of course not. Of course not. Hell, I remember I'm a huge Iron Fist fan, and whatever that last miniseries was, and maybe it was there to just maintain the trademark, who knows, but yeah, whatever that last miniseries was before – uh, Ed and Matt's, you know, version. I loved it. I enjoy what Kari Andrews has been doing. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I love Kari Andrews. Yeah, he's great. Hey, man, I really Are love you talking. Tweeting while we're talking. What's that? Are you tweeting while we're talking? No. It, you, you know, seriously, every, what you have to understand is my blog. Uh, I'm looking at comes, Twitter while we're talking. <laughs> clearly, that's what happens because then, like, my blog will come out after midnight. Yeah, your something blog. Like. Your blog just tweeted. Right. Exactly. And that's why he always. <laughs> Yes, I'm sure listening. Boring the shit out of always talking about other about other interviews. And Do you go on. This is most interesting. Yeah, so I was Carrie Andrews was here. Anyway. So um, no, he, he has a great perspective. God, not only as a filmmaker, comic book maker, but as a Canadian filmmaker, and tells me about how hard it is to get you know Canadian films made or how easy it is yeah, I, compared to the American system. I, I love truthfully it. Truthfully, hope I get to work with him in the next couple of years. We've we've talked back and forth. Oh, that's cool. He's on my. Yeah. Um, my Dan Hip list of of uh, one day, one day. Got his. I love uh, Renato Jones. His uh, in, yeah. image. It's a really great story. Yeah, it's very nice to get. He sent it to me early, and I was like, "Oh, this is good." But that's you know that's the problem right now is there are so many great books and peak comics. Yeah, it is peak comics. It truly yeah. is, and I mean that's God. Even aftershock, I'm I'm amazed at a lot of these. Uh, that new uh, com- company and and a lot of their books. I'm like, oh, these are good ideas. Yeah, I, and I truthfully, I haven't seen any of them. So I haven't even physically seen them. So, well, I'm hoping I, I'm hoping I'm talking to Mark Wade uh, next weekend. And uh, all right, let's see what he has to say. And no, Captain here. Oh, he knows. And he's like, oh, really? You think I talk like that? <laughs> <laughs> and he, you know, corners me. 
Um, no, Mark, everything's great. No, but it, it is true. Well, well, the funny part was, so, like, someone asked me a question. I give the answer. I'm like, fuck you. I'm like, fuck me. That's the answer. Right. Yeah, like, you know, but, of course, back in 1978, I invented the direct market. <laughs> yes, I So, recall. specifically, so, Nighthawk would only... <laughs> would, would, would fail. Exactly. No, I know. Plan, and well, I finally came to fruition. But it's just so wacky, man. It's just, just well, you know. And I get it, I, like, but, like, just because I have a book that's doing all right doesn't mean, like, I have all the answers. Or, or, or my, the other thing is, like, if Marvel would stop making stuff like Civil War, Nighthawk would be in a top ten book. I'm like, no, it's not how, it's not how it works. I understand. Yeah, so, but, you know. You want to move on to Civil War? Sure. The halfway point. Yeah. Obviously, First of all, let's, let's talk about the delay, which was sad uh, in, in Civil War, but and not sad because um, uh, David uh, Marquez and Tara, uh, good yeah. friends of ours, um, had a baby. Yeah. And that, that's and cool. that baby, and, and then the, uh, and she tweeted about all this, so it's not like a, uh, a secret, but she broke her leg while she was pregnant, which sucks, you know, and that oh, had a burden on David. She's fine. She's all, all fine now. Okay, yeah, no, I didn't know that. That's put oh, wow. a lot of, lot of, lot, lot, lot on the partner, you know. And I, and hilariously, a uh, similar thing happened uh, to us that my wife broke her leg right after she had given birth, and and so uh, she literally, we gave uh, David and Tara my wife's wheelchair, like they switched bodies or something. It was really weird. So, um, uh, but it, it did slow him down a bit, right as the book gets really hard to draw. Which is the big fight scenes and everybody in the world and all cutting into each other, so um, so it's a bummer. It's a couple weeks late and it just kind of you know pop the balloon for some people and I I always feel bad about that. But I five's off to the printer, six is coming. It'll it'll ship and I and I I I do I do apologize for the delay, but this is a perfect example of people yelling at me and I didn't do anything. Well, they knock anybody up. I didn't trip anybody. I had nothing to do with with this, but I, I always get yelled at. Well, I, well, I'll I don't I don't have a problem with it. I do uh, understand a reader who is like, "Hey, I'm committed to a seven issue series, and now you're telling me it's an ancient." That's issue my series. fault. This is totally my fault. So talk about that. So you know, with the with <laughs> the time, with the you know, with, um, I'm looking at it, and I thought of a cooler way um, to do some of the ending parts and it needed more pages and so i started playing around with it and i handed in a new issue seven that ended on the cliffhanger instead of an ending okay. and i said do you like this more or less <laughs> if you like this more let's talk about how to do it you say david or are you saying tom? to tom and axel oh, okay and if you don't like it more then we'll, we'll forget no one will ever know that i did this right and uh, I, I showed it to them, and then uh, uh, my favorite Vulcan, Tom Brevoort, um, uh, <laughs> said, "Yeah, I, I, I think we can make this work." Okay. Um, but we really gotta like rush that solicitation for eight because we weren't ready for it. And I go, "Yeah, I go." And, and by the way, I'm sorry. And I know some people would just be like, "Oh, you, you were just ill prepared and unprepared and blah blah blah." No, no, no. The, the ending is the same ending. The ending, like all the new books that are launching are reliant on this ending. So the ending hasn't changed. So some people heard new ending, like we, we re- rewrote. It's just a okay. way to tell it that I liked more. 
that I thought I better use is, comics, you know. Is the are the new books going to come out before the ending? I, I some of them will, but not it won't spoil anything. I well, I understand. I guess okay. I mean, you know, and and then yeah, that's fine. No, that's some, grand, uh, you so know. the so the big wahoo happens in issue seven, but there's still to ignite books. these new books. Yes, go on. Yeah. So much like okay. igniting all the um, igniting all the time books on Secret Wars, uh, what happened in issue two. Right. He actually wrote issue two before he wrote issue one uh, when um, Hickman was doing it. So that, okay. that that's how much people needed that issue, you know. OK. Uh, and and similar here is that I'm, I'm sorry adding an issue. is It's annoying. But here's the truth. And it's really the truth. It's not science. It's art. It is. Sure. Even when superheroes are being the shit out of each other, it's art. Right. I care a lot about the characters. I care about the way the story is told. I, I, here's 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 a. Here's a way that's a little more uh, interesting to me. And thankfully to Tom and Axel, by the way, they fully have the right to say to me behind the scenes, dude, come on, just go, just go do Jessica and leave us alone. And, and they didn't. So, and not because okay. they're, they're squeezing another issue out of this because that, you know, the, it, sure. That's the it, other suspicion. Obviously. I know, but it, not if you really pay attention to how these things work, like they, they could squeeze another Star Wars out. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be this. I understand. Issue out of you know what I mean. If, well, if, yeah, it, if God forbid they had to squeeze something, there's like fifty well, other things to squeeze. They they could squeeze. You know. <laughs> I know this is getting this is getting very sexual. And I, no, but please but, go on. Yeah. What, I, what other things I, can I they squeeze? Like, it's, can you say it slower in a breath of your voice? Uh, please? Go on. Yes. But uh, um, <laughs> it, it, I always I was like, nah. They, there's so much to really be conspiratorial about in this world and. Oh, and that's the issue with Civil War really isn't it, you know? <laughs> and I was like, all right. Uh, if you wanna, well, you, okay. Listen, you got some people are just going to be mad at me about something, so uh, sure. Well, let I'm, this be it. Well, and I think you know, I'm, I'm just covering bases sure. in terms of why didn't you ask him because oh, yeah, there are the conspiracy totally. theories. By the way, and, I, nothing you know. I'm saying to you I didn't say uh, online, but I do know that when people hear us talking, they they seem to uh, uh, believe me more. <laughs> but yeah, like, you know. But that's the thing. I think that is the beauty of doing this on audio and yeah. stuff is that you can hear it in your own words and you can kind of cover these questions. You can on. hear it. <laughs> what, what, what do you mean? What do you think? What do you mean? Nathan Stern. <laughs> it's so crazy you would say that. I I didn't say there was an extra issue. You said there was an extra issue. So um, yeah, and and and, I, and it was. It was a dick move of mine. It was a dick move <laughs> to Tom and Axel. I'll be very clear. It was a, it was, it was, it was a, but it was done in the sake of creativity, not in the sake of, hey, fuck everybody, do what I say, you know? I did. I said, hand this in. I go, eh, am I wrong? <laughs> you know? And, and they agreed with me. And there's been times where they didn't. This one they agreed with me with. So. No, I understand. Well, and again, the problem with late events is not, you know, just this instance. And maybe that's another reason why sometimes it's like, here we go again, because it, it did happen with Secret Wars. It did happen with Secret Wars. Completely different. I don't I don't remember if it happened with Original Sin, which I think was the last uh, big event prior to Secret it didn't Wars. There. It didn't happen to um, Avenger versus X-Men. It didn't happen on Secret Invasion. I, I, okay. I, I truthfully I said this out loud. I was sure um, uh, that that some of the reason that, that me and David were teamed up to do this event was because we haven't missed in like six years, right? We haven't like deadline. deadline. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, this is this 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 will make up for Secret Wars. 
Because these two guys, they never miss, and now we miss. So, okay. But it's not a giant miss. It's like a two-week miss. It's, you know. Whatever. Yeah. Is is uh, So is five coming out in October? Or no, is it coming it's out in coming September? out like in a week or two. It's oh, okay. Great. Yeah, it's, it's okay. coming. That's cool. And, people All right, see, that's and it's so funny because it literally is every panel. It, it, it's the big battle issue. And every panel has like 30 people in it. It's a lot to draw. This is five and you're he talking rolled about. Up, he was so excited to make this like his his Barry Windsor Smith uh, Machine Man <laughs> issue four. Like this is going to be like my fight scene, right? And it, sure. it's great. It's tremendous. You see it. But it is it, – it's you, you can't breeze through it. It's hard to draw. I understand. Yeah. No, that's cool. And it's not just there's people fighting and there's armor and there's raccoons and tree people. I mean it's it's a lot of stuff. <laughs> Everybody's on stage. Excellent. Yeah. Say it again. Say that. And you want to do all of it excellent. That's all. Certainly. Okay. It's you, you, you know. And we're also aware, like I mean, the whole time, I'm not saying that Civil War Two will sell what Civil War One sold, but all of the events that I've ever written have been in print constantly. So like House of M is still in print, right? So Civil War Two may be in print in twenty years, and David wants it to be something he's very proud of. And if he needs another week to do it, that's fine. Okay. I'd much rather have that than Infinity Gauntlet, where we still all wish George Perez had finished it. Understood. I've got a question regarding the story because it's uh, something that came up online. I didn't agree with this, but someone put it out there that they feel that uh, Captain Marvel is not acting like herself in this story. Um, well, in uh, and I could point to um, the opposite um, as well, and that is the. Magic, with Tony, that is yeah, and that is the magic and frustration of doing uh, a, a story that like a civil war, where um, uh, their sides will be chosen, and both sides have deep diehard fans, and both Tony and Carol have fan bases, legit, yes, they do, gigantic fan bases. Much of Tony's fan base involves around him making out with Steve Rogers, and I'm okay with that. And I, <laughs> and I got. You're going you're gonna to laugh, man. I really wish there was a way for you to log into my Tumblr account and look at my Tumblr Q&A questions. More people are angry that Steve and Tony, legit angry, that Steve and Tony have not made out than they are about War Machine dying. And that's a fact. Right? That's insane. Well, and again, well, yeah, I know the Cap needs a boyfriend thing that came out of Civil War and certainly Winter Soldier, but... Is that where you think it stems from? Uh, no, or it's you... Tumblr and Stony. It's called Stony, and uh, Stony. That's their slash Stoney. fiction. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. yeah. I'll, I'm all in it now, but I'm I'm Stony. Fantastic. I'm deep in it, and I swear to baby Jesus, if I could find a way to end this series of those two making out, just so I could be the hero of Tumblr for 45 seconds, I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Well, that's so, I don't I. I think it's honestly. Let me answer answer the thing. Oh, that, please that, go ahead. That so the the premise of this series of this story is that um, there, there's a moral there's a moral line in the sand, and Carol's picked her side, and Tony's picked his side, and more information comes out every other issue that changes the line, that moves the line. Sure. All right. So. One issue you might go, Carol is being a super strident military asshole by not listening. And then the next issue, you might be like, oh, my God, Tony, listen to Carol. 
Carol's like it's 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 made to push those buttons. It's literally created for whose side are you on? And instead of whose side are you on? And the first and the first um, Civil War was whose side are you on on the first issue? And those are the sides, and they never right. right? And I wanted to, and in my first document, it says, wouldn't it be interesting if we kept moving the line? So the audience who said, and I had people before they saw, they all they saw was a cover and they decided whose side they were on, right? Sure. And, and to challenge them as readers with which side they want to be on now. And, and, and sometimes in the whole issue, six pages later, now whose side are you on? Now whose side are you on? I sure. s- specifically created it for that, knowing full well that um, there would be people who couldn't get past um, that I'm an asshole for doing this to them. (laughs) And I I know that. I knew it. I'm happy. I'm okay with that as well. I really, really am. Um, Because I I know where where it's coming from of love of character. Certainly. Um, And I'm a wrestling character, and that's fine. Um, But but so, so by the end of issue five, those Carol people might feel completely different. Like, oh, now I know why Carol's, Carol's, you know what I mean? Or you know what? Uh, uh, Tony's wrong, Carol. Like, it, it could go in any way. But but for the next, um, you know, we're only halfway done. And for the next half, you, you may have different feelings all the way to the very end. I have something, um, Tony does something in issue seven uh, that was added uh, in the new write, uh, rewrite that I said, um, I wonder who would be on Tony's side now, <laughs> you know, so all, all of, you know, so the challenges are still coming. So, cool. you know, and by the way, there's other people who are like, and I've seen some of these arguments where they go, well, you know, both Tony and her are recovering alcoholics and, and someone who, who literally says Carol's number one fan said, when was Carol an alcoholic? You know, they, 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 they only know like the last two years of history yep. and that's okay. Too. Yep. I'm not, well, it is. Go on. No, no, no. It, it is okay because it, you shouldn't be punished for not knowing stuff, right? No, I realize that, but go on. Um, but anyway, then I'll I have an issue sense. coming up in Iron Man where where Tony and Carol... Um, Did they go to a meeting? Uh, uh, the, the, that history... I don't want to ruin it. But that history is explored, is explored uh, I think, very lovingly. So anybody who... Um, Thinks I have an in for Carol, which is hilarious. Um, yep. uh, uh, may may may, f- may feel different or may feel worse. Like you know, some people some people get mad when you bring up continuity. Like like don't don't sure. stop talking about Tony's alcoholism. Like never mention it because it ruins it for me. That's what they write me. Um, well, the Hank Pym, you sure the Hank Pym abuse thing? Yeah. I think gets that kind of rap yeah. as well. You sure, absolutely. Don't bring it up. Yes, well, you know, and you know, I, I'm I'm gonna. Uh, and and a story, when a, when a story like Civil War is so wide and there's so many um, tie-ins, it allows investigation into character. Uh, those are the best um, tie-ins are where you go. Well, that that story would never have happened if not for the event. But, I but in, so I'm I'm right. I'm excited for those coming out. Uh, well, I also think that they get comfortable that readers get comfortable of a heroic portrayal of of a character. And as much as they say they want, they don't want the same story over and over again. They also they also get angry when a character flaw shows up. And sometimes heroes are people, and people make wrong choices. Yeah, sometimes. there was, and that needs to be interesting as well. And I and I think 
it's I think it's only gender equal to say, hey, guess what? The female heroes sometimes make mistakes, too. Well, a famous writer, you know, there's that writer's um, tweeter that I I retweet all the time because they always have these great quotes. But uh, I think uh, was I forget who said it, but someone along the lines of Ernest Hemingway said the worst thing you can do is to make the mistake of making your character perfect. Like, you know, you and, 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 and I, I think that applies, um, to everybody. To, yeah. And, and, but, but, but for some of the people upset that Carol has drawn a line in the sand, I, I, I think that would, um, that, that, that would apply to not to all people who feel that way. And some people just don't like the way I write her and that, and, and that, that's okay too. But I would refer back to pre Kelly Sue, pre Brian Reed in house of M um, one of my big takeaways was that Carol leaves that event knowing she has the potential to be the greatest hero in the Marvel Universe. And her quest is to become that. That 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 has always been my goal for Carol. You know, I remember I remember you saying that during House of M. Yeah, I, I couldn't. That's how I, and that is how I feel about her, like personally as a writer, that she has the potential to be the greatest of all of them. She has just as much problems and things standing away as, as the rest of them. But her potential is enormous. And because of House of M, she felt it. She felt what it felt like to be the, the premier superhero of the Marvel Universe. So um, that's what I write into when I write her is that she legitimately is aiming towards the purest best goal is to be the best version of herself. And that's where I'm at with the characters. So when you know, people don't like what I'm doing with her, I'm like, it's 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 a journey. It's a quest. She's going to stumble, but it's it's a lofty goal, man. She's you know she's headed towards it. So sure. that's why I'm no, I understand. No, I get it. And I mean that's that's why as great as it is following Jane Foster's story in Thor, I am fascinated by what happens to I was like saying it the Odin son when he's no longer Thor. <laughs> and I think that's really a fun, interesting. I mean that's the thing. It's like no, give these people these kinds of obstacles to to you know, get over. I mean, that's like you said, it. that's the hero's journey. So, you know, and yeah. Truthfully, it, and truthfully, it's very funny. I, um, and, and it's so, it's, a, it's flattering at, at the same time that, the, like, I mean, I mean you remember we've talked about like people constantly, and, and because so many people read it now, um, too, I'm constantly being harangued about why I'm so mean to Matt Murdock. Why were you so mean to him? And, and truthfully, the, the, the greatest thing about the Netflix shows, by the way, is that both uh, Daredevil and Jessica uh, have an audience way vaster than they did when I when I first put them out. Sure, uh, it's it, it, you, you can you never know that's going to happen. So a a that they're being read and a that they're they seem to be aging well because that's another thing. Like you, you're not hyperly thinking about while you're writing. Like I hope this ages well. You can't you can't know other than don't do Freddie Prince Jr. jokes, but um, <laughs> I know a little, little bit. But uh, um, but uh, uh, so it's it's nice. So I I'm constantly getting mail about why am I so mean to the characters, and then I'll get a why are you so mean to, to Matt Murdock from someone, and then two hours later I'll get why are you so mean to Tony Stark, and it's basically the same complaint. Is that why? Yeah. Why am I giving them interesting things to do? Yeah. I understand. So. Well, let's let's stick in Civil War and talk a little bit about uh, Miles' role, obviously. Yeah. 
traumatized by by the Hulk experience, and well, meanwhile well, the abuelita well, is uh, got Jessica on his on her uh, tail and everything. Yes, uh, more people, and I know, I know what you're focusing on, but more people are so worried about Miles and Spider Gwen. Um, Tell me about okay, that. Okay, well we we released a cover or two um, that coming after Civil War. Uh, Jason Latour and I are embarking on a, um, uh, a a sort of team up, uh, a, a different way to do a do a crossover, um, and uh, and it involves all kinds of uh, high stakes adventure and interdimensional hopping, and uh, and and there is there is some uh, kissing involved. And, and I did. I and we put out the kissing cover of her Spider Gwen, of course, Spider Man kissing. And um, uh, a hilarious amount of Miles is 15 years old and she is 27. And like n- neither one of us are the right age. And it's just very funny. But Oh, that's like, and we're you know, honestly, I'll, I'll I'll confess because I'm really happy for Jason and Robbie. They really are two of my favorite people in comics. I've known Jason since almost day one when he was working with B. Clay Moore on the expatriate sure uh you know in the image days and stuff like that so i'm really happy for both of them good guys but yeah what what is 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 spider gwen supposed to be a teenager i haven't been reading it i'll confess i think it's great no, that she it's happening. is but there's, Just the, don't there's that shit. legal line that well, the, the, like 18 like who's who's over 18 who's under 18 right and right. um uh, is she over 18 yes Okay. And, wow. Uh, what? And uh, oh my, my, the Mary Sue must be erupting over this information. <laughs> oh my God! But hilariously, Hilar- people write us like we don't know. We know you don't know, like. I would. We spend like you. You read the book uh, half hour a month. I'm I'm with it all day long, every day. <laughs> I know how old he is. You don't have to yell at me about how old he is. I know. Anyway, so well, that's why it's like fucking let him tell the story. It's I, so I, funny. I, and again, well, it's flattering. It, that way too. It, Go ahead. It's it is. It's flattering. It's you care. I'm flattered. Sure. But you know, that's, have some, you know, trust a little tiny bit of trust that we we have a story to tell. So, yeah. But right, and, and that's the thing. Covers are supposed to shock you and demand <laughs> your attention and make you read the book. Yep. It's, I yeah, I know. Uh, and, and again, because I've been getting flack on my flack on Twitter yeah. lately well, has been that that I don't uh, I don't critique books enough. And it seems like, God, every time you have somebody on, all you do is praise them. And it's like, well, yeah, because I like the books. You know what t- books I don't like? The ones I don't have the people, the, the <laughs> ones that don't make it a word balloon because either I'm not reading them or I don't like them. Well, And also, God forbid, you have a positive outlook on life. Like, well, like, yeah. So, the, well, you know. So- Based on what we've been talking about, I'm more interested in what's happening with the business of comics, yep. the business of this media stuff as well, as as well as the stories. And by the way, I have my fanboy moments as well when Robert Roberto Aguirre Scarza was writing Fantastic Four and had them broken living in the tenement and stuff. I'm like, bullshit. <laughs> I don't like the story. I'm like, sorry, that just doesn't make sense to me. And I, and I, and I, and, you know, I didn't have to, like, let the social media world know how much I hated it. But it's like, no, nah, I, get, I get like that. Or I just get indifferent. Like I said, Spider-Gwen, hey, that's awesome. They found a way to make, make another female hero, and it's Gwen Stacy, who I love. But am I reading it? No. I actually think you kind of <laughs> well, like I, it. It's actually uh, – oh, it's, it's unique. Well, Jason's great. No, that's the thing. Well, I'm so happy. Robbie's visuals. It's, 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 absolutely. It's a unique book. It, it, it's um, one of the most indie-looking mainstream books. Uh, yep. uh, or feeling. Well, I should yeah. say looking, Robbie. feeling. 
Uh, sure. I, well, I just um, power read like uh, a bunch of, of issues, and I'm reading the uh, the Spider Woman uh, crossover right now. So there's a lot. Hopeless is another one. I love yep. Hopeless. I love what he I love what he's doing with Spider Woman. That's great. I, I just I'm you know you can only read it by so much, and it's like all right. Well, when I get those guys on, I'll I'll do. I'll do my deep dig and, you know, do that. I got, you know, I got to get Marvel Unlimited. I really do. Here's a commercial for you, kids. Yeah, and then in six months you can talk to them. <laughs> exactly. Well, no, well, then I buy, you know, it'll only be the but six I, issues. I, I told you this. It's, it's so funny about um, Marvel Unlimited because they'll um, dump like a year's worth of your book six months later onto the service, right? right? So, like, right. I'll wake up to like a new wave of uh, Iceman stuff. I'm like, what? <laughs> What? Sure. Right. <laughs> and, and and to them it's brand new, right? So they right. come the, the, the mail is very like raw and fresh and but you're like, wait, wait, did something happen? <laughs> and it's always just Marvel Limited. That's that's cool. Well yeah, I um no, my most recent issue of uh I wanna say Spider Man was like seven, I think. Yeah, yeah, it just came out. Just came out. Okay, good. All right, well yeah. then I'm caught up. All yeah, right. That's cool. And that you just read the work of Nico Leon, by the way. Oh, there you go. No, it looks great. Yeah, he's, he's very, very talented and uh, very, very interesting. And, uh, and uh, my biggest uh, high-class problem in comics is that there is at least six artists that I want to actively be working with um, that I can't because there's just so many books in the world, you know, uh, that my books are very well cast right now and, and – uh, um, I, I want, I want it. I want, I, you know, I just, but he's someone I, I would, I would easily do a monthly book with if, uh, I had the, um, <clears throat> what you call it there, the, 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 the bandwidth, the bandwidth okay. is the word I was looking for. I respect that. There you go. Um, all right, let's talk Iron Man. Yes. Iron Man. So we got two things going on Iron Man. We got, uh, yes, you do. We got Riri Williams, um, taking over as, uh, Ironheart. And that yes. first issue, I can't wait for people to see because you're going to find out what makes her tick. You're going to find out, you know, all, you know what's unique about her. I'm very, very excited about it. Um, uh, the the response to her, almost sight unseen, has been one of the great joys of my life. Absolutely. There's always, like even at Dragon Con, there was a couple of rereads running around Dragon Con this week. Oh, like, fantastic! Yeah, it's book's not even out yet. It's insane. And uh, uh, I just, I just, I just feel, uh, I feel very, very good about it. Um, hilariously, uh, I've gotten some tweets from African American women worried about her hair, <coughs> worried about my knowledge of African American women's hair, and how I, I'm going to blow it um, because of the helmet and the stuff helmet like that. Hair. But meanwhile, it's so funny that before anyone even knew she existed. I had already worked out all the hair stuff, and I <laughs> and I and I know people roll their eyes when I throw my kids out there, but it, it's about my perspective of the world, right? I have been dealing with African American women's hair for eight solid years. Eight years, we've made every mistake white parents can make. We've fixed every mistake that we've made, and our daughters' hairs look amazing. All right. Cool. I know about the silk pillows. I know about everything. So when people go, if I don't see a silk pillow, I'm like, my both my daughters are sleeping right now in silk pillows. I know about the silk pillows. So it's just very funny. And you don't even know. Interesting. About it. 
No, I saw good hair. I assumed that I did know a little bit about African-American hair based on Chris Rock's documentary, but go on. Good hair, which I highly recommend. It's an amazing movie. Yeah, amazing, funny movie. It's an eye-opener to white people. Indeed. Um, uh, Can I say that even whiter? Yes, yes. go on. (laughs) Indeed. But but may I say, as someone who's raising two African-American women, as, as complicated as that universe looked in that thing, it's just the tip of the iceberg to the reality. Okay. So, so, and, and literally one of my daughters is a toddler. You wouldn't believe the amount of work. Aw, yeah. Yeah. What is, and I know Sabrina's name. What is it? What Tabitha. is the toddler? Oh, that's right. Tabitha, yeah. of course. Tabitha's hilarious. Tabitha and uh, Tallulah Deconic Fraction are best buddies. They're hilarious yeah. together. Sure. I, I, I adore these girls. Uh, but Tabitha, you know, some some parents will know you're talking about like she was very different at two than she is now at five. And at five, okay. she is just if at five you get to see what kind of person they're going to be, you know, not the full thing, right? Uh, I but hear you. You kind of get get a sense of their energy, uh, and uh, boy, Tabitha, Tabitha just ugh, she gets me. <laughs> is London two now? London is three and a half, and London okay. is um, uh, very much a boy. And that's another thing too. I, I having raised women for thirteen years, this boy <laughs> energy is a real pain in the ass. Many times, <laughs> this kid just with with the same look of love that my daughters hug me, he comes up and punches me in the balls, and he does it with love. He loves me. She sure. comes up and goes, Daddy, boom, right in the balls. And that's that's how he wants to um uh express himself. And I, I and, and for people yeah. who don't like my books and want me to be punching the balls, it happened today. <laughs> numerous times. If that makes you feel any better about how I wrote Carol, is that someone punched me in the balls today, it happened. So but he's right there at that level and he just he just takes a shot there. But uh um <laughs> He went through a huge Star Wars phase that will come back. He's, Star Wars isn't over. Um, oh, sure. But we're in between movies right now. Uh, I, I, I can't remember if I told you that we accidentally found the Transformers movies. Did I tell you this? No. Hilariously. I'm in my office. The TV's on like it is right now with the, with the um, sound off. Okay. Um, uh, I'm, I'm working on an email. He's standing in my doorway he goes, Daddy. I go, what? And lo and behold, it's the Michael Bay Transformers movie. I didn't know it was on the TV. Ah. He, and he sees uh, a robot turn into a truck. If you're three years old, that's the fucking coolest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> and it looks real. It looks like it really happened, right? Sure. And he goes, Daddy, what is this? And he sat right as they sat his ass down. And I go, those are alien robots that turn into trucks. I'm, I'm in, right? So now I'm back in Michael Bay world against my, uh, right? And I'm like, Jesus sorry. Christ. I know. And you're like, fuck goddamn, right? And, and then, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and then I, like, at least someone had the decency to um, put YouTube clips together of just the best fights. Oh, that's cool. Because they are well made. It's sure. just, it's just sure. everything with fucking uh, the Shia LaBeouf, Shia LaBeouf and the orange girl. Are, uh, are, are, it's, it's, oh, it's so hard. Is that the supermodel after Megan Fox? No, or Megan, Megan Fox, Fox is orange. She said they spray painted her orange yeah. to be in the movie. Like, that's not what color she is. And, uh, that's hilarious. And she talked about, it. like, she, Michael Bay was done with her. There's the reason she's not in the third movie. Right. She right. said, I'm sick of being spray painted orange. I think I'm getting cancer. 
and uh, oh, that's hilarious. Uh, yeah. oh, and uh, and then they made up, and now she's in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies, which sucked. Yes, no. but then he found them. He found the turtles, and so he went one one from one Michael Bay fuckfest to the other Michael Bay fuckfest. Yeah, well, you know, it's like Zack Snyder. I mean, you know, what what can I fuck up today? Oof, so, so, and I love Watchmen. I say that all the time, but yeah, it's I don't know. He uh, so he was he all into the turtles, um, and 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 I, I, I'm not gonna deny him his turtles. You know what I mean? That's not my job. He sure. Loves well, them to keep, and, 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 and I got him a little costume. He's running around dressed as a turtle. He's having the best time, right? Okay. And also, he's right. the littlest, so you want him to have as much identity as you can give him, right? Because sometimes sure. it's tough on the little sisters. ones. You know, they're, 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 being, yeah. they're being, like, escorted places all the time. You know, they're, it's, it's, it's really about them. It's sad, you know. Um, sure. So, uh, but, but last week... He discovered Spider-Man and Captain America, which is hilarious because they're all over the house. There's Spider-Man shit everywhere in this house from my 17 years writing the book, right? Sure. And he was aware of Spider-Man. Something clicked in him that he loves Captain America the most, that he loves ah. Captain America. And I'm so eager for to get out of the Michael Bay hole that I've been stuck in for the last six months that I think is adversely affecting my writing. That um, I, I, I I've embraced the Captain America ness full blast, and that's why you'll see the uh, pictures of him in his Captain America outfit, and you will see him <laughs> at Road City Comic Con this weekend in his Captain America outfit. Fantastic! Yes. But, that's awesome. But it's hilarious. It's very, very cool. that's cool. Yeah. Back to Iron Man. Yes. Oh, uh, yes. We diverted. No, no, no. It was a good transition. It was a good tangent. I love that. Show. I love you my kids. That. Anyway, so. Oh, it's okay. And we yeah, talked about so, we talked about my, how Michael Bay sucks, so it's all right. The Riri announcement uh, got two billion impressions. Jesus Christ! Yes, that that is every what everyone at Disney said <laughs> was the um, it was, even Ike. I I didn't hear from Ike, but okay. I, I'm, I'm sure he's happy. Um, uh, but but it is the the most viewed story that's come out of publishing. And it's hard to say why, because there really hasn't been a slow news week in a while. I'm saying, God bless our orange overlord. Uh, excellent, and you're gonna love. Yes, it. and well, that was scary good. That yeah, was as good. Sick. That was good as your uh, Walter Matthau. <laughs> that was Saturday Night Live audition good. Let me tell you. All right. Oh, okay, you're freaking me out. I know. I know. Believe me, I've I've been having a lot of fun with Art and Franco on our podcast doing that. <laughs> I talk uh, talk about this comic book. I like uh, I like the Eternals. I think that's your best Kirby work. <laughs> oh God, you're freaking. I don't like I don't like the FF. I'm sorry. I, there's too <laughs> many people of color on that team. The loser but go is ahead. Sad. Um, go Actually, he should he should like the FF because he and the Thing are the only two orange people in existence. So that's true. Also, and and Megan Fox and and, and the annoying orange and. Um, <laughs> So, 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 yeah, so the, the, the response has been overwhelmingly beautiful. I mean, just truly beautiful. I mean, there, there was some um, pushback on that. I'm not an African-American woman, and I am sorry about that. Um, uh, but, 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 boy, the response has been just phenomenal. And uh, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, tweeted uh, uh, the cover and a big thumbs up, which I was then. Oh, that's great. So nice. But it, yeah, it created a false narrative that she was replacing him in the movies. 
And I ended up with about 45 headshots from African-American women who want the role. And it was weird. It's like, oh, so no one actually read the article. They just saw the headline. And it was like, if you read the article, you see right away, it's a comic book. And it even says in the article, Robert Downey Jr. is still going to be Iron Man, but in the comics, you know what I mean? And, sure. and and it was it was weird, you know, like it was like more headshots I got and I actually have shows, <laughs> you know, so. Um, uh, so I always don't feel weird about it because you, you want to write back and go without making people feel sound stupid that they went to this effort to audition for something that there's nothing. Wow. For. Yeah. So it's yeah. a weird it's a weird feeling, you know what I mean? Because I don't know. Well, it, it was similar to the Miles Morales reaction, I think, when they said, hey, we're rebooting Spider-Man. And all of a sudden there was this little, you know, more than more than just a few people saying, hey, what about Miles? Yeah, it, it should have been Miles. But anyway, so um, <laughs> but, but my point is it, it's a, a lovely thing. And the, the, the downside of it, so there was this first wave of press and it was great. And then there was a second wave and like they did 10 minutes of it on Good Morning America. And and that was all cool. And. And 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 uh, other people started tweeting about it, and then I ended up like on the the cover, the the front page of the leading neo-Nazi website. Um, <laughs> and hilariously, I didn't know this website existed, and I just happened, uh, unrelated, to be watching. You know, I love these showrunner roundtables they do on Hollywood Reporter. I recommend it to any writer. Um, the, you know, they're they're there for uh, awards. Um, you know, campaigning, but uh-huh. but within them is a lot of information and interesting anecdotes about craft and the business. Uh, you know, they do it with the actors, they do it with the writers, um, and the showrunner runs for both comedy and drama were very good this year. And listen, are they are they videos or are they audio or are they videos? Print? You can watch them right now. The Hollywood Reporter okay. has them, and um, and on on the uh, and I put on the the drama one. And oh, oh, Melissa Rosenberg's on there, who runs Jessica Jones. And right. I'm just li- listening to it while I'm cleaning my table or something. And she says, you know, it was so upsetting when me and Brian were on that Nazi website. And I was like, what? I didn't know I was on a Nazi website. Like, I didn't, like, I literally heard about it watching this forum. Like, I never heard about it before. Wow. She never, in the times we've spoken, ever mentioned it to me personally. But she mentioned it on the show. And I went, we were on a fucking Nazi website because of Jessica Jones. Cut to three days later. I'm actually on the cover of this thing. And the only reason I found out about it is because 35 Nazis decided to hammer me on Twitter at three o'clock in the morning. Uh, which at the time, it, when it's like 30 Nazis hitting you, you feel like you've gone insane. Like, oh, the world's gone sure. batshit crazy, right? And there it was, me on the, me on the cover uh, with Holocaust shit uh, uh, photoshopped on me. With the Lovely. excellent headline, Jew writer creates negress Iron Man. <laughs> I was going to start with Jew writer, Jew so writer, that doesn't surprise me. Jew writer, and then, but negress is not a word I'd ever heard before. I, oh, that's in, that's a Star Trek original series. Is that really? Uh, okay. The Savage, I think it was called The Savage Curtain, where, where Lincoln, the aliens remake Lincoln, because they know that's Kirk's hero, and he is introduced to Lieutenant Uhura, who refers to her as a charming negress. Okay. And everyone is shocked when he says it, and he's like, I don't mean any harm. I like to say and I don't, to, I don't mean to mock it in any... No, in, no, no, in no, any, no. It's, it's you know, ridiculous and right... It is a crazy word. Yeah. Uh, I find it hilarious that you... I don't think you realize that how much of the world you now put through the Star Trek prism. So anyway... 
It's just ironic. I can't help it. The uh, anniversary is coming up this week. Go on. It is. Mantrap. Matt, the guy who wrote Mantrap, George Clayton Johnson, who also wrote Logan's Run, <laughs> Ocean's Eleven. You're getting very Rain man here. So gonna... I can't help it, son, but move on. So go back to – yes, please go back to you being on the next. No, go back to your Kevin Bacon, oh. seven degrees of Kevin oh, Bacon. George Clayton Johnson is a great science fiction writer. He's one, he's one of those – he and Charles Beaumont and – Richard Matheson were part of Serling's circle of like writers they could count on for great Twilight Zone episodes. And like I said, he, he wrote the original Ocean's Eleven story. He co-wrote Logan's Run. He, uh, you know, and the first episode of Star Trek, The Man Trap. How you doing, everybody? <laughs> that was excellent. Back that was excellent. I know. I can't help it, man. That's my, that's my ADD. Well, you know, my point is that you're talking to the neo-Nazi cover boy. Wow. Team writer. <laughs> Yes, creating negresses. And I was um, pretty upset about this. Uh, uh, we did actually like exchange texts when this was. Coming. Yeah, I was. Um, I was upset. <laughs> it was upsetting. Yeah, that's kind of. Oh, it is unnerving. You I can know. appreciate. It. Like when Ed, like when Ed got called out with the tea bag, uh, the tea party shit yes. on Captain America, that can get kind of really scary. It can because sure. it, it, clearly it's an unhinged person who takes the time to photoshop holocaust shit onto you that that's that's a that's that, that's not a right thinking person and not right. just because listen you want to believe in nazi fine but if you're if you're photoshopping shit on the people you're hate criming you know and sure. uh um look at look at me trying not to insult the nazis listen believe what you want it's okay but uh um uh, um <laughs> But I, I will tell you that of all my friends uh, of, of, that I've, I've accumulated over the years, the one person I knew I could count on to uh, make me feel better uh, it, because they would be angrier than I could ever muster in my life if I used all my uh, – is my darling fellow Jew writer, uh, Greg Rucka, who when I forwarded to him blew a fucking gasket and made me feel immediately better. <laughs> That's the, the you know the bear had a boy. That's good. <laughs> he, 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 I, I told him, I go, dude, I, I I needed someone to be angrier than I was. I, that's what you need sometimes. To someone go, sure. What the fuck? And thank you. I feel thank. That's all I needed. That's all I needed. That's the, that, he's a good Because at the moment it felt like like when they they all decided to hit me, I was like, oh, is everyone pro Nazi now? Because it's it's just perspective, you know. Sure. And, and, well, no. When you get when you get yeah when they all gang up yeah, and everything. Yeah. And well, that's it's really only thirty people, but it, but it feels like everybody at that second, you know. Well, a different wave of attack lately has been the Breitbart people, yes. who are I think different than fair-minded conservatives that just have a different point of view. And honestly, I mean that. That's not kind of. No, I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on this. And and and, and it is so weird. I have I have so, good friends of Republicans that that are just. As do just I. fucking stunned silent by by all the co-opting that's gone on around them. Sure. And and and, and how, how dirty everything's been made. And it's and I I truly feel bad for them because what they believe in is different than what I believe in, but it's not a bad thing. They just believe right. in different ways the government should work. This is sure. something else. This is not this is sexism and racism. That's what this is. Yes. Yeah, so it's gross. No, I and that's uh, God. I I'm beside myself. I'll confess this. I bought Chuck Dixon's Clinton Cash uh, comic. Yes. Not that I believe in it, but I'm fascinated by well, it. And curious. I do. Wanna... Yeah. Listen, I go to the Dredge Report every day. I, I'm curious. 
What, and I, what do they, when I see what I see, what do they see? Like, that's what I want to see, right. you know, and I'm not judging. I'm curious what they see. Well, and again, I, I have had personal, I, I like Chuck Dixon as a guy. I don't agree with a lot of what he uh, believes in, but it's fine. He doesn't impose it on other people, but um, yeah, I don't, I didn't like when the Breitbart Greek guy, who's a very strange guy, I heard him on Joe Rogan's podcast. You know the guy I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Joe Rogan. Okay. Well, no, no, not Joe oh, Rogan. The, the Clinton class guy, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Giannis, whatever his name is, who writes for Breitbart and is a very outspoken conservative guy that, again, just really seems to want to get into, like, swiping at comics. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, I, and I, it just, that's weird. You know, it started last year with the Honey Badgers hitting the uh, Hugo Awards. Right, right. Or the, and the that's what I'm puppies, saying. This, right? the sad yeah, the sad puppies. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I, and that's another one I didn't know about. Jessica Jones won a uh, uh, Hugo. Oh, that's great! And then I'm like, and then and then it was like Saturday night, right, right. And I was like, really wasn't online. I went online at like five in the morning. It was like a bunch of sad puppy shit in my feet. I'm like, what? What's a sad? What? <laughs> it was like a whole other world of nonsense I didn't know about. Well, that's what I mean. It's just it's weird. It and is. It's just it's like and, and and yeah, it's like oh, you know we want men we want men heroes. Okay, well there's plenty of men hero comics out there. Enjoy yourself. No, I, as as um. Many people have said online, and someone uh, – I think Sarah Silverman wrote this uh, – uh, someone someone wrote how uh, uh, the, how off-putting it was listening to Frank Ocean's new album. Okay. Because they knew it was about a guy or something, right? And uh, and I think Sarah Silverman went, yeah, imagine how gay people have felt for the last, like, 300 years. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right? So how is that? But they don't care. It's, you know, it's, yeah. Of course not. No, and I – but it, it's interesting from a spectator standpoint – I mean, that's this is, you know, as I watch Observe Comics and talk about it on the podcast and stuff, right. this is just another vein that I'm like, all right, I want it. I do want to explore this, but I don't want to give that side uh, a, a vote of like, I don't want it to be perceived as a vote of confidence. I just want to I honestly I want to find this clinical way of talking eventually to Chuck about Clinton cash. But right now he talked to that Greek guy and it kind of bummed me out. I'm like, and I'm just this is my own political kind of thing where I'm like, look, all right, Chuck, but. You know, it just bothered yeah, me because he's like, you know, because, you know, in, in, uh, amidst all the craziness, there is some um, the facts. Right. But the facts get lost by by the um, uh, what I perceive to be uh, like vicious anger. And and, yes. they, and by the way, this is the same mistake they made with Obama. They attacked him so hard because they hated him so much for whatever their reasons were. The attacks were so hard, he just walked in the office. Because you make him, you're, 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 it's, oh, it's, it's overkill. It's too much. And they're doing it to Hillary, too. Oh, it sure. It is well, way yeah, over but, the top. And it's, but your point's getting lost. Like, well, and it's a different, it is a different game. Because then not, there are just neutral people that still have their problems with the Clintons. And, and in fairness... They don't make it simple because they seem to always make bad choices that come to back to haunt them. This is true, but when you attack this heavy, and you mix, and when you mix your attack with some not true things, which is what happens, absolutely. Uh, th then, then people just don't believe anything you're saying. Right. And, well, and that's that's, that's what I'm talking because there there is some facts to deal with there, and and they sure. they shoot past them. In their in their in their rabid nonsense, and you look like like um, I know I know she's an idiot, but like that shit Sarah Palin 
said the other day about like she you see the thing she fell and, and hurt herself. Yes, and, yeah. and blamed Hillary Clinton. Yes, it's, that's that's crazy. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've got a buddy who lives in Arizona, and that governor is a, a nut. Yeah, really, Giuliani cannot get out of his own way. Oh my God, is there anyone more disappointing in the world than him? No, well, <laughs> not that's currently that's currently in the spotlight. I, I mean, GW really at least has the good sense to walk away. John McCain was probably the most disappointing politician from what I perceived him to be versus what he actually was. Yeah, and how quickly he would cower. Yes, keep his seat. You know. Yeah, the Maverick's gone, man. Yeah, totally right. Jim Garner, James Garner would slap him in the face for calling himself <laughs> a Maverick. I'm just happy it wasn't a Star Trek reference. So. <laughs> Uh, but boy, Giuliani, boy, Jesus Christ! All right. I, well, he was on this morning. I was, I was watching. I, I love watching the Sunday morning shows. Yeah. And yeah, well, I, 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 and, and I know this is unpopular, but both of them are in their seventies. Him and Trump, and uh, you know, both of them sound a little ishkabubble sometimes. If I may throw out the Yiddish. <laughs> You know, everyone acts like everyone's on, you know, everyone, you know, when, when you hear someone talking crazy, you go, maybe they're going crazy. Maybe he's not all well. I, I don't, I don't know. know. It's just, it's just, we hear someone contradicting themselves every 45 minutes and screaming and yelling about the boogeyman. You're like, are you all right? The national election is going to be very interesting. And we'll see, we'll see how it all shakes I, out because yeah. I'm, not, I'm, I'm as nervous as hell. I am, I'm terrified terrified so as i'm sure people on the other aisle are as well I, at I, the prospect of a clinton presidency I, fine but you know what uh, i do uh, <laughs> you know uh yeah it's yeah. I, I i i i i have personal reasons for being terrified about trump that 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 go beyond beyond politics it's just well just, yeah, yeah. Excuse me out, man. What else? Well, let's well, see. Jessica the... Jones, which I'm very so. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to ask let's about that. Thank you. Yeah, Iron you and Mike. Yeah, let's rewind on Iron Man. So, Riri, I'm very excited about. But the book I think you particularly will love. The book I think that um, I'm really gonna you're gonna laugh when you see the reaction on the internet is Infamous Iron Man, which is Victor yeah, Van Doom's book. Yes, uh, I've and I've never been happier with the craft of a first issue. And what I dropped in this first issue than I am in, uh, for um, in, infamous Iron Man. Seeds are being planted in international Iron Man. Yes. Am I correct? Yeah, they are being they are being seed, and the seeds the seeds grow fruit in the first issue. And I've never, not Scarlet, not Daredevil, not anything, have I gotten more compliments from Alex Maleev on the script than I did on this issue. Oh, great. Yes. He was very, very happy. Also, because I think it's the character that's closest to him in personality. So, <laughs> for those who have met Alex, they'll know what I'm talking about. Why do you think I'm laughing? Uh, no, that's awesome. But I'm very excited. Um, uh, yeah. True, my true uh, what bombs are dropped in uh, Infamous Iron Man. Very excited about that. Oh, very cool. Yeah. And as I said online, and I'll say today, uh, if you get a chance, go find uh, Ed Brubaker's um, Books of Doom from about 10 years ago. Yep. Uh, one of the, as I, I tweeted, is there anyone in comics who has more hidden gems than Ed? Right? And No shit. And, You're right. Marvel's Report was not a big seller, and it's one of my favorite uh, 
Marvel's so miniseries. They all did good, and none of them lost money. But but um, uh, if you if you're a fan of Ed, Ed's got a lot of interesting prez and scene of a crime and like yes. Marvel report, like really interesting. And then there's this Book of Doom, which is this excellent character study of Victor Von Doom uh, for me to build on. That there was, uh, I'm just so happy to read it or reread it. I read it 10 years ago, but reading it as research, I was like, this is lovely. Oh, very cool. Because, I mean, you know, obviously since Secret War, you know, you've just intensified the Tony and Victor relationship. Yes. And I I always appreciated those great stories when they went back to Camelot and yep. stuff. So they've always had an interesting relationship. Yep. I've only referenced it 40,000 times in the last two years. Sure. Um, but but um, there, there is a connection between the two of them. Um, a lot of people thought that Victor was going to be Tony's biological father. I couldn't even fathom the math on that. Um, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, well, he's got a time machine. He didn't go back. Like, this is what people. Oh, that's true too. I, yeah, it was very funny. I go, I go. Yeah, come on. So yeah, and also by the way, Tony's real mom. I'm enjoying reading her story in International Iron Man, and couldn't help but think like that. She's almost like the Runaways or whatever in terms of her. Uh, I mean, I know there's more of a punk thing going on but i don't know the runaways you mean the band not the yeah, not the yeah. comic book no i'm at yeah exactly okay. i'm at the joan jet band no yeah. and very much um of that time like the slits i was thinking of okay her uh, more than the runaways uh, all right uh but yeah uh, it's of that time period in music um uh and and you'll find out the rest of that in the next issue like it ends with it, the whole series ends with issue seven and then you find out exactly uh, what the deal with the mother and father was, and why Tony's not with them, and what happened. So I'm pretty. Cool. I, I honestly, truthfully, regardless of what other one of people, I was very, very happy with how that all came together. I know some people were annoyed that I've taken two issues out of um, Tony Stark's world to tell the story, but I'm like, this is his world. There's no, sure. there's no, in my opinion, no story more important to Tony than the story that we're telling right now of why, of what happened to him. So. No, that's cool, and I and no, I loved it. And I, well, first of all, I'm always happy to see classic Shield in action. Yeah, great to see Dum Dum. Great to see the Contessa, and uh, yeah, absolutely, man. Well, yeah. So, so I have um, so I have Miles and George Martin uh, producing her, her records or whatever. That's fantastic. I thought, that was yeah, very funny. Talk to you like that. Um, and by the way, all all I think um, uh, historically factual like that all could have all could have happened. Like stuff like that. Yeah, so is George Martin an agent of Shield? No, maybe. <laughs> Um, uh, uh, he, he's, he, you imagine he's Hydra, right? Right. George Martin. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, it, it just, it just writing all that was a lot. I, I enjoyed writing that a great deal. And it was, it was you watching me scratch half of my CIA visit itch. I, well, that's yeah. another it, thing that I meant to ask earlier. Yes. And stuff. Yeah. yeah. All the, that and, um, what's going on with Miles, dad and his history with shield. So there's a lot of, yeah. Parental shield going on, uh, but, but but very different um, stories being told because of it. So um, when we're done with Civil War, uh, what what's what's going on with Miles's dad? My, my, a couple issues ago, it's revealed that my um, Miles's dad goes to Maria Hill and says, "Protect my son, and in return I'll, I'll come back in." Because he you, you find out he used to work for them uh-huh. uh, uh, years before he was married and had a kid. So he said, I'll come back in if you if you protect my son and uh, oh. we'll see how that blows up in their faces. And it's big. 
Yes, that's yes. cool. So, uh, so the two Iron Man books very different in tone. Um, a lot, lots of uh, you get to watch a young hero find herself in the new Marvel universe, and uh, you get to find uh, the character in the Marvel universe who has dug the biggest hole for themselves that you could possibly dig. Attempt to crawl out of that hole, and I can't think of anything more interesting to write. Then, then who? Literally, this has been on my to-do list forever. Find the biggest villain and have them try to crawl out of that hole. And finally, the pieces came together that that allowed me to do it. Awesome. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like, like it looks impossible, right? So, so that's that's a cool feeling when you're writing. Very, very yeah. good. And then, and then, uh, and then we'll leave it on uh, Jessica Jones, which is uh, I just uh, yeah. Tell me about it. Finished an issue of um, we have a brand. I, I, this this is so exciting that we got the whole band back together. Um, Gatus drawing better than he drew ten years ago. We got Matt Hollingsworth to come back. We got David Mack cool. covers. Everyone better at their jobs than they were when we started, and the character now a part of the pop culture in a way yeah. that none of us could have ever perceived. So, Does she look more like? Is no, her it looks exactly like the comic. We're not the, the biggest mistake you can make. Is 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 let the comic be the comic, let the show be the show. I honestly, it is part of Jessica's charm that she does look as unconventional as she yes. does. Yeah, I, I, it, it would, and it would be a mistake to remove that from the from the literary aspect of. I agree. It's you know, I've got a Gatos and original. Actually, you signed it for me too. I, I've got both you and uh, Mike's uh, autographs on it, and it's her sm- and it's Jessica smoking, and it's just it's great. Yeah, and, and, and shot and stuff. It, it was just very, it, you know, we've talked about the past. Uh, the one one of the reasons I write so much is I'm so addicted to getting the art in. It's 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 a very uh, addictive uh, dolphin rush or whatever they call uh, a dolphin rush and uh, yeah no endorphin rush yeah and um uh, uh and and then when when Michael started whipping out pages and they were better than the original series but it looked exactly like but better I was like oh my god this is fantastic so we have a story where um, Jessica's life has been ruined. We, the preview came out on Friday. People see that she's in jail um, uh, or getting out of prison. Uh, we're going to find out what happened, wow. uh, uh, why no one in the Marvel Universe is speaking to her. Uh, wow. Is her marriage over? Is the baby okay? Uh, what happened? Uh, uh, and I'm very excited about it. it, it it's, oh, great. It, it's, it's a story I did not have 10 years ago, but I have today. And um, and also, so much has happened in the Marvel Universe over the last 10 years that I discovered new mysteries for her to investigate. Um, uh, right off the bat, you know, the Ultimate Universe and the, and the regular Marvel Universe emerged, and we focused all on Miles and Doctor Doom, but what if there's a guy named Gary who is living in the Ultimate Universe, and all of a sudden he's here and he's married to some girl, and he wakes up and remembers, like you know what I mean. Like, like there's mysteries in the Marvel universe, uh, uh, the chaos of the time and space that 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 can can illuminate a brand new set of uh, uh, private investigations. It's pretty cool. So, in other words, the the merging of the worlds not only affected the heroes, but obviously yes. affected regular people as well. Yes. 
Oh, that's really fun. Yeah, that's I, great. I a, this is not my beautiful house. Yeah, this is not I my was beautiful house. I owner last week. Why am I producing records? Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so. No, that's so. Is it? A, it will be an ongoing, or, ongoing. or is this ongoing? Wow. Yeah. Oh God, man. Well, that's Jesus. And that's it's great. Fun to write. It just, it just, it just fun to like, you know, have her fucking with her phone, and you know, and her and Luke. It's just, it just, I, 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 I rarely ever do this. I, I literally tweeted. It is so great to be writing Luke and Jessica again regularly. Interesting. Um, uh, so was that was Alias two thousand four or was it earlier? Two thousand two to four. Gee, I, I maybe two thousand one to four. Okay, because well, that's when I thought because I was looking, I was going to say I think the first shit that I read of yours might have been Alias and it wasn't Ultimate Spider Man right away. It was more Powers and Alias, I think. And I was on Powers pretty early yeah, too, so God that was ninety nine. God bless you. But no, nah, no, nah, but I just you know no, I always. No, Jessica was great. I mean, I remember when the Max Line debuted, and it was no, it was just this really good, different perspective on the Marvel universe, you know. And I liked the Pulse, but I didn't like the Pulse as much as I liked uh, Alias. I, I'll be honest. The second half of the Pulse is more Alias than Alias, though. Truthfully, um, once Gatos comes back to the book, exactly and they have their baby. Listen, and, and, and taking nothing away from Bagley or the no, others no, no, no. that proved Jessica. But Jessica just has this very specific look I, that no one else nails like Gatos. I said I don't think I could do this series unless Michael's available. I, I, I did I, I, I go, uh, I can't imagine doing a Jessica I I've written Jessica Jones without him with other people, but yes. Jessica Jones monthly with me should be with Gatos. And Absolutely. Also, you know, Michael is one of these journeyman artists, and he, you know, real low profile. He just joined Twitter like this month. I mean, <laughs> how how low profile can you be? And and for him to just uh, have the experience of the show being so well received, and him, you know, it, it's just such a lovely thing to watch. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. it, I, I got it with both with uh, Oming and Gatos. It's just. You know, they sit in their room and they draw all day. And then for Michael to go to New York Comic Con, the place like gives him a standing O. It's you know, it, it, it's not it's not what we're wired for or what we're asking for. So it's such a beautiful thing that happens. And you know, I went to college with Michael, and we weren't really friends back then. But oh, oh I didn't realize, or I didn't remember that. Go on. No, he was a year ahead of me, and he was literally eight times better than me as an artist. I mean, just bowling me over so i'm trying to identify myself as the comic book person and he's a year ahead of me and he's destroying me he's just like <laughs> just flattening me to the point where oh my god i broke into comics um in college i got a i got a i got a a, a, a contract to publish a caliber comics right mm-hmm. yeah. um, and and then uh a week later he got uh, a contract to publish a tundra and the difference being mine was on, on shitty newsprint. His was fully financed by a very rich dude who made full color, fully painted. <laughs> you know, he did a book called Spurs yeah. and it was fully painted in full color on glossy paper. And I'm like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> what was the name of this book again? And, uh, and then, and then after college, we, uh, both found each other at caliber and, and, uh, uh, with, with clearer eyes, could admit that I just admired the shit out of him. And he actually did a, uh, a piece in the Jinx graphic novel. Like Jinx has like a fantasy sequence and he drew it. 
Oh, cool. And, uh, and then we did a Batman piece together. The only thing I've ever done at DC. Citizen uh, Wayne? Citizen Wayne was him and Gatos. And then, and then we went right from that to, to Jessica Jones. So, um, we've known each other a very long time. And, uh, and, and it's really the best part is watching people who never ask for the spotlight or ask for any kind of recognition to have it given it to them, given it to them just based on their genuine talent. And, uh, I, I, it's, it's just lovely. It's just absolutely lovely. So, so, and so, uh, and, and then, the only fear you have is when you come back to a book after years that people have all changed. They've they've evolved into sure. something else. Um, uh, David Max covers show an evolution, and they're, they're they're excellent, but there's an evolution. They're not of the same style as as what he was doing. And I was I want I wonder what it will feel like. Now we did uh, a year ago do that eight pager for Netflix. Uh, right. So I so that was made me go. Oh, this book would be this book would be like nothing. Like no time has passed, and uh, and and lo and behold, now that the the first issue is in the can and on, off to the printer, it 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 looks like no time has passed. When does that come out? Uh, first week in October. Fantastic. Yeah, very very proud of it. Absolutely, yeah. man. No, welcome now, back. Thing I awesome. have to worry about is people judging one comic book against the entire experience of Alias. Like, sure. You know I mean? <laughs> like wait. And I, I've seen this uh, by, uh, happen to other people with other things. Like, give me ten issues and then compare the two. What, dude? I, you know what I mean? I know. Yes, I Just, do because I, nothing I, drives I, me crazier than that. I, Go ahead. Most people who read Alias that are actively involved in comics right now just binged the whole comic book in 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 trade. Right? Sure. They, they tore through the whole thing in a weekend. I, I hear from them every day, and it's awesome. So um, the first issue may feel less than that experience, but uh, hopefully we'll build to the, uh, something of equal or greater value. That's excellent, man. No, I'm very excited yeah. about it. I can't, I can't yeah, wait. I, I'm, I'm I... truly, really, really, really happy about all the number ones that are coming after Civil War. I, 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 really very strong work by everyone I'm working with. Like every book feels like a winner. And that that's a very exciting feeling because a lot of it, um, as you know, it's just, as, as we were talking about before, it's art. You don't always know if it's all going to come together. Sure. So uh, when, when it all is coming together at all, from all ends, it's, 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 um, it's a damn good feeling, man. Really, really feels good. Awesome. Yeah. Man. All right. I got one final question right. because I've never asked you about this before. It's circumcised. It, well, thank you. It's like uh, Max. Uh, what Mel I, I wasn't the other sure day. it was, but I read on the, on the Nazi <laughs> website that it definitely is. It is. <laughs> I've never asked you about. Have you ever met Ike Perlmutter? Have you? I've not met with him. I've spoken to him on the phone. Okay. I, I, I yeah. I think he lives in Florida or something. I, I don't. I've never okay. been in a place where he'd been in the same room. Wait, okay. have I met him? You know what? I, that's not true. I, I actually have met him. I, I met okay. Marvel. I, I'm sorry. It was many, many years ago. So I, I apologize. That, that yeah. yeah. Has he ever had any comments on your work? Uh, nothing negative. All good. Uh, cool. yeah, believe me, I, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm I'm interested because of his certain you know level of privacy and everything. Yeah, and, you know, it's just all right. Answer, everyone wants to know stuff. No, he's, sure. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, nothing, nothing. Okay, nothing. nothing I don't care. Not, I don't care about the. Time. I'm trying to think if there's anything. Uh, no, just uh, yeah. 
I don't care. I, I don't care about his gated community lawsuits. I don't care about any of that shit. That's fine. Whatever. Think about it. So yeah, of course not. Of course not. But no, honestly, I was just wondering because I, I uh, in a different way, Danny Fingeroff. I'm like, God, you know, you worked with um, Stan's brother yeah, all those yeah, years, yeah. and you never hear about Larry Lieber. And I'm like, tell me about Larry Lieber. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've, um, you know, I, I, I've met Avi over sure. many times over the years, and. Uh, yeah, all, all those, all, all those, you know, people I've met. Alan Fine. Al, Alan obviously. Fine, I worked with a lot on the creative yes. committee. Uh, yes. And uh, so, yeah, so I, I know I've spoken to Alan hundreds of times versus uh, a handful of times I'm talking to Ike. But, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I it, it, it feels to me that uh, if Ike had a problem, I, I, I'd be writing Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I, honestly, it, it does seem, um, from what I gather, that he's really appreciated what I've added to the to the pile of toys. You know what I mean? Okay. You know, so there you okay. go. I know now. All the silence is making it sound like I'm. No, I've never talked to him. No, he's honestly <laughs> a couple of times a couple of really nice things and sends me a sends me a, a box of peaches at Christmas. It's very nice. Or pears. That's lovely. Oh, very nice. Very I like nice. peaches. That's good. It's actually, Hilarious. It's actually pears. I'm sorry. But, oh, well, um, whatever. Okay. <laughs> For the record, it's pears. When the, when the pears stop, I know I'm in trouble. That's all. That's cool. <laughs> pears are good, too. I like that. I love that fruit. Half a peach, half a plum. There you go. Um, so, yeah, no, but it is interesting to meet, like, there's a perception online about who's running what, and then there's the yes. reality of who's running what. Like, I like... Most people, I don't think even know who Alan Fine is. Like, no, I just see the name in I, every single one of their books. You know what I mean? Say yeah, exactly. The name's in every book. Yeah. yeah so there, there's there's people just have a very low profile, but but uh, do and, and uh, by the way, Buckley's the same way. Buckley, very 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 low profile. I know it pumps me out. It drives me nuts that he won't come on. I mean, I, I respect him, and I and really I've had interesting conversations with him. But yeah, he's just like I'm afraid I'm going to say the wrong thing, and I'm like, all right, Dan, I won't ask you anymore. But I, every time I hear him speak, he's really out even more because he's the most fascinating of all those guys. I mean, I, well, that's what I was going to say I when I see him on panels. Speaking to him, he's he's he he challenges me in in the in the best way. He's a, he's a very good boss, um, cool. like like in the best way. You know what I mean, like. Like, yeah. like he'll tell me no and he'll tell me why, you know what I mean? Like, and, uh, and, and, and push me in the best way. Like Joe did. Joe pushed me in the best way. Like, you know, they, these, these are, this is what I like about it. And, and I, uh, uh, I, I've never had a conversation that I didn't walk away just absolutely fascinated by what he said. Cool. So, and by the no, way, smart. one of these guys and he hates, he hates, I've said this before. He hates this. One of these guys that does a lot of good things behind the scenes that he'll never take credit for because taking credit for it takes away from the idea of doing the nice thing in the first place. So okay. when you see like some of the older creators being taken care of all of a sudden because past regimes did not take care of them and then he quietly takes care of them, that's very nice. Sure. He, he fixes a lot. He, he, he fixes a lot of problems without, without any applause or, or press release. Excellent. So, I have not seen De Palma. Have you seen De Palma? I have yet? not seen it yet. God. Okay. I know. When you, you texted me last night, I'm like, shit, I can't get to it. 
Yeah, well, I couldn't rent. I I was trying to rent it and couldn't figure out how to watch it on iTunes after renting it, so it was driving me crazy. I know, and it played at my the theater by my house for like a day, and I was like, oh, I'll see that tomorrow. Oh, it's gone, you mother. But but I did see Max Rose, the Jerry Lewis movie, and I got to tell you honestly, and I and I know I like everything old, but I thought he was great, and I I've read. Because it's funny, a critic friend of mine is like, really? You know, it's getting panned a lot. But I read a lot of those panned uh, critiques, and a lot of them pan the movie, but I'll say Lewis really gave a great performance. I think it's going to be, at the very least, it will not surprise me if he gets at least a Golden Globe nomination or a Screen Actors Guild uh, nomination, if not an award, because it's a very dignified performance. He keeps it low-key. Uh, it's the right amount when he does get angry on, on screen and stuff. And it's like when he was on Wise Guy 30 years ago, if you remember that King show. King of Comedy. Okay, well, certainly King of Comedy. That's Well, that's the great performance. But this is one of those like typical Oscar noms where it's like, hey, you know something? The guy still has it in him, and it's, another, it's a great, quiet performance that wouldn't otherwise get acknowledged but the fact of his entire career. You ain't getting acknowledged and, and, until and, he releases that clown movie. That's... Well, I, that goes without saying. But it is it was interesting. I, I thought it was great. And there's an amazing Q&A that he did after a screening of Max Rose that is hilarious to watch on YouTube because oh, forward it it's – Oh, it to me. I will because it's great because it's, it's like a comic panel where he is really excited about this movie. And in a very lucid way because he is 90, says to the audience, hey, I, we really want your feedback because this is important. And this movie is going to require word of mouth. So I'm really interested to hear what you think of it. And one woman, I mean, a lot of them are just there for the experience of talking to Jerry Lewis and just, oh, you're the king of comedy. You're great. He's like, that's nice. Thank you. Next. And I mean, not in any mean way, but just kind of like, I really want to hear about the movie. And then this one woman comes out and goes, Jerry, I understand you grew up in Newark in the 30s. Can you tell us what it was like to grow up in the 30s? And he's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well. He could have been, he, you know, he was talking to a woman. He likes to not do that. Well, that's true, too. But, no, he really did kill me. And, and it's, it's because he, is, he manages to be reasonably charming, but he is also like, hey, I want to talk about this movie I just made. I don't want to, you know, talk about me and Dean or I don't want to talk about the Nutty Professor or anything. No. You know, so it was – but I think it's – I definitely think if you're at all curious, it's worth watching. It's a television movie plot. But it's done in an indie movie way that it didn't bother me, and it and it does kind of have a very simple story to it. But I think it's a good portrayal of a of an old man dealing with the death of his wife and being ninety. Well, uh, two things that I saw, both Jane uh, yeah, related, is I just watched you know, everyone's talking about that comment he made about how he hated the remake of uh, Willy Wonka, Gene Wilder. Um, who hated Gene it? Wilder hated the remake. Good. Thank he God. He said he was an insult. It was an uh, insult. It was shit. And um, <laughs> uh, and he said so. It was pretty funny. Um, uh, yeah, that probably watch the whole way. the whole uh, back and forth of him. Uh, it, it's it's online right now. It's quite great. If you just Google uh, Gene Wilder hates the remake of Willy Wonka, you'll get to see the whole uh, half hour um, of him. And it was like the last public appearance he made. Uh, oh, that's great! Yeah, it's it's very interesting. It's like three years ago. Was it that that YMCA? Yes. Uh, so you saw it already? No, well, I haven't seen it. Yeah. I just saw it listed, yeah. so I haven't had a chance watch, to watch you'll it. Love, you'll love. I, I said, "Oh, John would love this." I, oh, that's great! It's because uh, we talked. I don't know if I'll, we'll release it or not, but we talked about uh, the Mike Nichols HBO thing in our last uh, we'll conversation. It. No, we will release it. 
Okay, good to hear. And uh, um, uh, the uh, and and the other one was um, um, Mel Brooks, who I know you just saw live. I did uh, on uh, Jimmy Fallon on Monday. Yeah, and he killed. Yeah. He didn't. Yes, he, he didn't did. do just good for an old man. He killed, dude. I'm telling you, he's that's how 90. he was in Chicago. He's ninety yes. fucking years old, and he no, he still got it. the place. You know what was amazing? He was just on Leonard Maltin's podcast talking about everything and also talking about retooling Young Frankenstein for the stage. And it just occurred to me on Sunday, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if Wilder's going to be involved because he did co-write it. And then the next day we got the news. Yeah, I know. No, and it's weird. Like, he's been hustling to get that Young Frankenstein thing going. Yes. And the fact that he has to hustle after the producers is insane. <laughs> well, I guess it, maybe they did put try test it. Yeah, I, I felt there was something, work. and the same thing with um, Eric Idle tried to do a um, Life of Brian. Uh, oh no, call. shit! And it, oh, I, wow. I have a video of the performance of it. They released it, but it never went to Broadway. And I'm like, why wouldn't people be moving heaven and earth to make that happen after the success of Spanish? Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. And the same thing with with Young Frankenstein. It's just like, you know what I mean? Put Nathan Lane, yeah, it's an put Nathan Lane in the fucking outfit. Let's go. Anyway. <laughs> this is true. So anyway, yeah. it was. Uh, if you uh, uh, get a chance, check this out. And it just as, as we as we both you and I careen into death, it, it's always nice to see old people uh, uh, that still have it. Yeah, it it, it, it is it, it is inspiring. Well, you know, when Orson Welles said this to Bogdanovich, and you can get this on archive.org, and it's in Bogdanovich's book, Listen to Orson Welles, he talked about old uh, conductors uh, that were still conducting symphonies into their 90s. And it's if they have projects, it keeps you young. It keeps your mind going. And that's why Reiner is cracking – Carl Reiner is cranking out all these great books – and Mel's doing what he needs to and stuff. And I, I'm telling you. I have the thought because you could see there's one moment on the Tonight Show where you can see on his face he mentions um, Anne Bancroft. And you could see he had that little twinge of shit, I'm losing everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no. So I check out Carl Reiner. But Carl Reiner goes, oh, no. Yeah, that's a that's actually sad but true. I mean, and he is. He's like 94. Yeah, I mean, I mean he's, these, he's, these are not young guys. But, hey, boy, I just was uh, – and he was a little out of breath, Mel Brooks. You know what I mean? Because he was just—he was literally dancing around the stage. That's what he did in Chicago. And, and you're like, if ninety, I, I literally thought they were going to do like, like you ever seen the movie Walk Hard? Yes. Of and, at the end of Walk Hard, he goes, and uh, Dewey Cox died three minutes after this. <laughs> I literally thought exactly. Mel Brooks was going to go backstage and just die a happy birthday. Well, and like I said, he a few months before. Died. A few months before I saw Mel Brooks, Carol Burnett, and she's 83, and she was running around the stage. Jesus. And that's what I'm saying, man. No, these – and it's uh, – really, it was such a, pr- a privilege this year to get to see these these amazing comedy minds actually like in person and hearing them talk. And it was – I mean because Mel told all of – it's the same – it's the Cary Grant story. It's the Alfred Hitchcock story. It's the stories you hear on talk shows a million times. But it's like a rock performance. Like, all right, now I get to hear, you know, Paul McCartney sing "Let It Be" in front of me. Speaking cool. of which, I did. Yes, that's why I mentioned. It. <laughs> no, my awesome, awesome, awesome wife uh, got me uh, excellent tickets to um, Paul McCartney. I've never seen any of them live in any situation, and also that like 
uh, package where you get to go watch the sound check. Wow. Um, and the sound check was 45 minutes of material that wasn't in the concert. It was just sitting was gonna to ask. play. It's wow. Blackbird. It was the only thing he did both, you know. And that what was what was the most obscure song that he did in either? Well, like literally some like you know ragtime shit, and uh, okay, uh, and he did a Jimi Hendrix song, and he did a Johnny Cash song, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. Oh, I could go. I literally was like, I could go home now, right? Uh, I will say what was very funny about being part of this VIP, and I don't, I don't get to a lot of shows and stuff, is um, uh, this group of people was like the biggest music nerds in the world. So as we were being escorted to stuff, like we had like a sound check and then we had, we got a meal. Of course it was a vegan meal. So, uh, cause it's vegan, you know? Right. And, right. and, and so we were like talking with other people and, and they were talking about guitars the way we talk about the X-Men and <laughs> how funny it is. But the, no, the funny thing is that X-Men fans wouldn't look down on them. But of they would not. look down on us. Well, yeah, I know I'm making, yeah. a, I'm making a, a general, but it's very funny that um, like I my favorite line that I heard in like the elevator was uh, uh, um, I do have a uh, I do have a um, um, a guitar signed by John Lennon, and and then uh, uh, the guy goes, "But you signed by John?" He goes, "Well, it was signed by the John Lennon machine that signs things, but still." <laughs> the auto pen. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, and, and and the guy didn't want to be mean to the guy, so he just kind of let it go. But you could see he was like, eh, it's not really yeah. signed. Like exactly. Jesus Christ, that's awesome. It was very funny, but it's just the, it was the same kind of. Um, well, you know, in 1973, it was John that told Paul that you know that kind of. It was very, very much. It was very oh, much. Yeah. I I know that mind. I know that mind at work. I understand. Have you heard the Monkeys album? The new one? Yes. No. Oh my God. No. I stop you, it. I'm telling really? you. Well, I'm a fan of Death Cab for Cutie and XTC, and it's amazing hearing an Andy Partridge influence being sung by Mickey Dolenz. And you can hear both. And it's, well, and I like the weird monkey shit that came after Don Kirshner said, fine, go, do your thing. I don't care. I'll let the Archie sing Sugar Sugar. All right, and, check uh, that out. And, and that's why. And honestly, Gail Simone is like, oh, my God, the Monkees album. And I'm a Monkees fan, so I'll admit that. But, no, I think it's real. I think it's interesting. Just Us, that last thing they tried to do was shit. It was horrible. It was embarrassingly bad. All right. But this one is really right. – it's cool. They've got good songwriters. Yes, well, so I, I, I recommend I, it. I will leave you with a recommendation. Uh, Please. Uh, um, the Aaron Sorkin Masterclass, which – <laughs> if you're on Facebook or YouTube, you've seen a commercial for uh, a million times. And so this HBO. Uh, no, it's it's online. It's a master class. Okay. You have to pay for it. Oh, and but it is 35 lessons, uh, and uh, it's great. Wow, uh, how much is it? I think 90 bucks. I think it was okay. Uh, right. But but well worth it. And and in the beginning, I was like, because mm, it was a little on the basic side. Um, okay. But it needed to start somewhere. I mean, I, I wrote a book like this, so I know you have to start. Sure. You know, you have to put people's feet on the ground. Uh, and then you get to, like, uh, chapter four, and you're like, here we go. And uh, and now, like, I'm in the 20s, and it's a um, seven-chapter. He put together a, a West Wing writer's room 
of young writers that we, we get to follow their work with him as he's critiquing them. And he put together a, and he, and uh, as we talked about at, at the Austin Film Festival, he's never seen the fifth or season of West Wing on. Huh. Um, so he puts together a writer's room of them breaking the fifth season of West Wing um, without having ever seen what they actually did. <coughs> so they're breaking the existing just, fifth scene or fifth season, or they're they're doing their own version of the fifth. Yeah, season? they're doing their own version. They're 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 going okay. We're we're back making the fifth season of West Wing, and the president has uh, has left office, and uh, yes. the daughter's kidnapped, and uh, and John Goodman, and, yes. and let's go. Let's let's figure out how to get out of this. Interesting. It, wow, and, uh, that's cool. It just it just it just filled with insight from a very talented person. I know I love him so much. But uh, it's great. Um, it just, it, I, I just, I, I know people who read uh, like words for pictures and, and other things are always looking for craft stuff from us, and this is the best craft thing that I've I've been part of this summer, and I've I've just loved it. All right, Aaron Sorkin masterclass, masterclass, yeah, it's so good it makes you want to take the um the 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 Dustin Hoffman one. Oh, so wow. Have, yeah, it's like Dustin Hoffman does one, and Werner Herzog does one, and Serena Williams does one about whatever wow. their thing is. And, um, yeah, it's great. Just Very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Is that, do you know the Umbrella site that it's at, or is it just Masterclass? Okay. I mean, literally, you write Aaronsburg okay. and Masterclass comes right up. It literally was the commercial on everything on my social media. Like I was, maybe I was being yeah, I've seen commercials for it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but boy, but uh, uh, really, really good. And I'm, I'm specifically spacing them out so I don't eat it up too fast. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, that's awesome, man. No, I'm. That's that's amazing. I, uh, yeah, I was gonna. Oh, you know, my, you must remember this. My favorite uh, Hollywood uh, dirty story uh, podcast. Incredible narrator, and she tells hilarious stories about like. The golden age of Hollywood. And right now, it's all in the middle of or, Joan Crawford. Or as you career. call it, the only age of Hollywood. <laughs> Hitchcock Truffaut was pretty good. Uh, yeah, I, have it, I have it. I have it. I have it. I have it ready to go. There you go. I, I know that's going to be a lot of reading, so I'm, I'm waiting when I have a. <laughs> I respect. Yeah. That. All right, Bobby. I'll let you go. All we, right. I got to go right. much, much against your uh, wishes, but you know. I know. I, I, I um, um, thank you very much for your patience, and I love you. Yeah. Oh, my talk man. to you. Of course. Always it's, a pleasure. It's, it, the extra bonus is that we put it online, but it's nice to talk to you. There we go. You know, it's always fun. I mean, we, we end up, you know, having these ma- marathon conversations. And, uh, you know, it, it uh, it's, it's like a nice evening out with a friend. And I'm glad to uh, present this to you this time, a new episode of the Bendis Tapes. Again, we'll present that uh, March episode in a few weeks. Um, God, I've got so much content to give you. Um, I, I did another interview yesterday. Jeff Lemire is coming up uh, next week on Word Balloon. Rick Remender is coming up at the end of this week. And, uh, man, uh, I still have other interviews lined up. Man, I'm really excited about one celebrity interview that if it happens, I will plot. And uh, really excited about uh, this uh, pop culture interview that's coming up on Word Balloon if everything works out. And it sounds like it will. So fingers crossed. And uh, again, I don't, I won't, uh, I won't give you a name until it's confirmed. And you might not necessarily know the name, but uh, when I r- rattle off the credits, I think you're going to be pretty impressed, especially comedy nerds. So uh, there's a nice tease for some upcoming programming here on Word Balloon. Brought to you by InStockTrades.com, where there are great uh, books waiting for you now at amazing prices. Uh, you can get the Fables Deluxe Edition, Volume 13. That's uh, Bill Willingham and Mark Buckingham. 
$14.99. You can get the amazing Spider-Man and Silk uh, Spider-Fly effect, and that's Robbie Thompson and Todd Nock. Uh, That's 42% off, $8.79. You can get BPRD Hell on Earth uh, from uh, Mike Mignola and Cameron Stewart. The Exorcist is this particular volume, trade paperback volume 14, 45% off, $10.99. You can get Captain America, the Serpents Unite. Uh, this is, uh, who's who wrote this? I want some names. I'm not seeing names on this credit. I apologize, kids, but it's uh, some Serpent Society action. Uh, it is uh, 45% off, and it's uh, $4.39. Interesting, and it's Cap and the Falcon facing the Serpent Society. You can also get the Captain America Epic Collection from Stan Lee and various artists. I think you'll like it, including uh, the first appearance of the Falcon. This is uh, Stan and Jack and Steve Ditko and Gene Colan. How about that, man? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Pretty cool stuff. It includes that wonderful uh, Storenko run. And Storenko always laughs when you say run because he had like three, only like three or four issues of Cap during that period. But it's it's amazing stuff. You had Jack Kirby and, and Lee back again, and, and Jack drawing Captain America, which was fantastic. Some great World War II flashback stories. In fact, on this whole Hail Hydra uh, period, I believe this is the mind control uh, story where Cap is giving the Nazi salute that everyone is like, Cap has never been like this before. And it's like, yeah, sure he has. Here you go. Uh, here's a little panel for you. Uh, and uh, so you had Lee and Kirby. Then you had Storenko's run. That, again, was brief but incredible. And then right after that, Gene Colan comes on Captain America. In fact, Gene and I talked about that on our uh, Word Balloon conversation. And, uh, man, it was, you know, so this is the cream of the crop of Marvel all working on Captain America. Pretty neat stuff. This trade paperback is 50% off. It's $19.99. The Coming of the Falcon, Captain America Epic Collection. Just a few of the things available to you from InStockTrades.com. Check it out now. And you will not believe some of these great prices. In fact, I'm going to give you one more. How about that? Because uh, it's important to point out uh, people like uh, Shannon Walters and uh, Brooke Allen and their wonderful Lumberjanes to the Max edition. Hardcover Volume 2 is 30% off, $27.99 from InStockTrades.com. John Suntrasink, thanks again to uh, the League of Word Balloon listeners and you, the Word Balloon audience, all of you. You're all part of the League. Whether you're uh, contributing just by listening or uh, subscribing, it's totally fine. I, I feel like you're all part of it. Coming to uh, New York Comic Con in a couple weeks, I will be there uh, Thursday through Sunday, wandering the aisles, mostly uh, down in Artist Alley, uh, because that main floor is insane. But I, I'll probably make it to the main floor. I hope to make it to a couple panels. I don't know if I'm going to leave the Javits Center, though. i got to be honest with you. they got some cool stuff happening at... Uh, Madison Square Garden and the Hammerstein Ballroom, but I'm just not sure if I'm going to make the trek down there because going down there plus seeing the panel and coming back, that's going to knock two hours out of the day. Kind of crazy. I hear Artist Alley is going to go until 8 o'clock at night. Really? Man, that's long. I mean, that's great, and especially for people who, you know, on Friday are coming from work or something like that and still want to have a good time. But, man, that's a long Artist Alley. Wow. You know, God forbid we want to have dinner or anything like that. That's not dinner, as Art Balthazar and I would say. Anyway, uh, looking forward to uh, New York Comic Con. Can't wait to see you out there. Please, if you uh, see me, stop by. Make sure you say hello. Let me thank you for listening to Word Balloon, because it really does mean a lot. 
Until next time, Word Balloon is a copyright feature of Shaky Productions, copyright 2016.